0: This is Movies, a podcast about the act of cinema. With me today is Hans, who's having technical difficulties on his end.
1: I'm uh, I'm, I'm doing a very terrible country broadcast today with no headphones and no microphone and just using my phone for the first time. So, uh, give me phone. <laughs> also, as you can hear, my throat is all full of phlegm. So, sorry, I, I just remember that you said don't yell, and I just yelled. Yeah. Um, so a great start. Yeah. Doing great
0: Why don't you just Could you cough a couple of times To prove that you're sick To prove that you're ill
1: How's that one Okay
0: that's Jesus good Christ Do you have COVID Are you dying
1: No I just had like A fucked up throat That's it okay, I don't I have like any that. symptoms So I'm hoping I don't have anything Serious But it's been like this For a couple of days now So it should be fine Wow
0: well, I hope you get better I guess And we have Robbie Robbie this is your first Solo show of movies How are you doing
2: yeah, thanks. It's good. I dropped the fucking dead weight, Nick Oldershaw, so I think I can finally shine here. I love
0: the I listened to the new episode of uh, Loud Boys where you guys are just vehemently defending Zack Snyder's Justice League against your co hosts oh. who who did not see it the same way that you saw it.
2: Yeah, they really hate it. I don't get it, man. Zack Snyder is the last auteur in cinema. It was a it was a thrill ride from start to finish. And, you know, I took away a lot. You know, I it made me think about the power of family and I cannot wait to see what Zach does next. You know, well, he's got that movie. It's funny. It made Dalton my co-host. He he just like got. He likes, like, every single, like, superhero thing ever and, like, every, like, you know, big budget, like, blockbuster or whatever. Like, for some reason, I feel like there's, like, a sect of these people that are only discerning when it comes to Zack Snyder, but, like, every other thing like it. They're just like, this is awesome, yeah, Captain Marvel fucking rules. You know what I mean? Like, so I don't understand... Why, like Zack Snyder's, where they draw the line necessarily?
0: It's because the critics hate him uh, over his what his his implied Christianity and his lens flare. They have a they have a big gripe with those two things in particular, which has made it fashionable to hate Zack Snyder the same way people would hate Michael Bay fifteen years ago. Right, uh, and Michael Bay is not right. that bad. If you watch anything Michael Bay, it's a very entertaining product. Even the I worst. I think Pain and Gain. Yes, Pain and Gain is like one of
2: my favorite fucking movies I've ever seen. Pain and Gain is terrific.
0: Pain and Gain was
2: hilarious.
0: I don't, I don't understand. People were like, "Oh, we shouldn't be, we shouldn't be uh, making light of these crimes that happened for real." It's like, did you see Wolf of Wall Street? Did you see any film that was based on true events before the
2: year two thousand? Wolf of Wall Street was like the sea change of like critics like our critics and like normal audience go like I saw a tweet for, I remember it was like I was like I, what what happened to everybody it used to be like we knew that characters were characters and now it's like this is the, the movie's about bad people so they're celebrate. it's like not every movie sell all the great movies are about bad people so like w- when did you become a baby and like you have to only see good people on screen you know what i mean like it's like uh you know fucking the godfather goodfellas all the taxi driver all these great movies about anti-heroes and now people are like they did a morally ambiguous thing i can't fucking handle that I- I- and it's all because of twitter <laughs> so i mm. It's like a fucking backlash. I, it's such a pet peeve that's because something. I remember seeing that shit in 2013 when *Pain and Gain* and *Wolf of Wall Street* came out, and it's only gotten worse since then. I feel like absolutely. Yeah. go ahead, Hans. You're It's say
1: something that we please. talk about, that we talk about all the time about how uh, flawed characters are much more interesting than someone that's perfect or good or nice. Uh, but yeah, it seems like now you need to have a positive message or a virtuous message about everything. Otherwise, you're celebrating badness and you know yeah. you can't you you're not allowed to be flawed anymore I guess people
0: people have a you know there's a there's a real um uh desire to avoid doing anything irresponsible nowadays even in a fictional context and I feel like that coming to America sequel is a great example of that right um where it seemed like they pivoted the whole idea of coming, Amer- coming to America from let's be as funny as possible mm-hmm. and, and being offensive great comedy to let's like celebrate black people and also remind people that these people you remember from the first were, were bad people. And that's why it was funny. But we have to tell you, it's bad people doing bad right. things.
2: That's it, yeah. every so movie. Obnoxious. Every movie now feels like it has like a moral obligation. Like I feel like they don't trust their audience and they feel bullied by Twitter and critics and the critics play it. They love being like the hall monitors of shit. Cause that's how they like fucking, that's how they know what to write about, you know? They love just being like, "Is this okay? Is this okay?" And he, and even if it's not, it's like oh, the fan base around it are they like the Justice League thing again? Like so many articles were about like, uh, inf- I even saw that interview with WB exec where they're like, "How do you respond to the toxic fans of Zack Snyder?" And it's like, "Why are you asking them this? What are they gonna? What do you think they're gonna fucking say?" You know, it, it's like every.
1: You're framing the question already. yeah. So you're not really giving him much of a choice. Like he's not going to say they don't exist yeah. or
2: that's true. You're framing yeah, the
1: it already. Imagine the executive
2: being like, "Hmm, you just asked me uh, to like, what what do you think about toxic fan bases?" And it's going to be like, "I fucking love them." Fuck yeah, dude. I fucking like even if you don't have a big issue with it, you're going to sound like an asshole unless you say, "I condemn that. It's a it's a it's a really shitty game that they play." Right.
0: Yeah. So but you love Justice League. You thought the Justice League
2: movie's great. Yeah, that was great. I really like. I uh, I I I really like how you instantly know a Zack Snyder movie when you watch it. I'm a big fan, even when a movie's not always great. Like I always enjoy seeing, you know, it's auteur shit. You know, you see something and you know immediately it's that person. I always respect that. And on top of that, I think it's just like uh, I thought. I love Ben Affleck Batman. He's like my favorite Batman of all the movie Batmans. And I just thought it was like really entertaining. It was paced really well. It, it gave the characters a lot of a lot more room to breathe, so I was like way more invested in what they were doing. So it made like the action more um, more interesting to me, and uh, it was a great. Uh, it showed that Zach is is a much better filmmaker than that disgraceful Joss Whedon. You know, <laughs> that bastard Joss. Yeah. Who I believe I think he raped everyone on set. If I read that correctly, <laughs> I, which I think is wrong. I'm going to speak out against it. I don't think it's good that Joss Whedon has raped everyone he's ever worked with. That's, I think really that's not cool. I,
1: Cyborg was the most affected over and oh. over.
2: Yeah, he kept raping Ray Fisher. That's why he whines so much on Twitter. He won't shut up about
0: it. That, I mean, they won't tell you what he did on Justice League. You just know he abused people. He abused yeah. his power. I mean, did you, have you uh, gone back and watched the Joss
2: Whedon uh, Justice League since you've watched the Zack Snyder one? I haven't. I really don't have any interest to it. As much as, I, as, as fun as it is a rag on Jocelyn, I, mean, I think that movie is just so... That original Justice League is just boring. It's not even bad in a fun way. It, it's yeah, it, fun.
0: it's terrible, but it's interesting to see the differences because he makes Steppenwolf a pervert, and he, he puts in all these perverted jokes, and you don't yeah. notice it until after you've seen the Zack Snyder one. It, yeah, and we talked about this uh, quite a bit on the episode for for Justice League that we wound up doing. But he's got all these really like weird lines towards the Amazons, and then you have the yeah. Lois Lane empowerment moment, and uh, uh, the Flash falling on top of Wonder Woman, it, being chest to chest with her. There's a lot of really seedy stuff in that Joss
2: Whedon Justice League. <laughs> it's funny because he was like lauded as like the big feminist guy. He's like the first big male feminist kind of guy, and then he like. This is what's ironic, is he shoots the Amazons at Original Justice League like, ooh, look at their ass and tits, and ooh, ooh, I wish they'd dominate me, you know, that kind of thing? Yeah. And then Zack Snyder, th- some of the best girl boss shit I've ever seen, you know, some genuinely powerful women in that movie, and yet, uh, um, and yet Zack Snyder is the one who's being trashed as, like, the toxic male, and, you know, but it's like he clearly was more, he did better justice to these female characters than... The fucking guy that you loved for ten years, because you know he made fucking Captain America play Miss Pac-Man or whatever. There's no, there's no
0: discernible difference to me anyway between a Joss Whedon and somebody like R. Crumb. You know the cartoonist who just draws all those thick yeah. thighs oh. women, those those yeah. Sasquatch women, and then
2: yeah. jacks off to his own portraits.
0: That's <laughs> the same guy. <laughs>
2: Joss Whedon is really uh, was the, the John K, the Ren and Stimpy guy, yeah. <laughs> but he just, he just went to enough liberal arts school to be like, all right, don't fucking, don't jack off in front of everybody, just yeah. you know, do it in private. Yeah, well, I mean, John K, John K, ah, oh, what a tragedy that case was. In, in I know Ren and Stimpy was like my favorite shit growing up, and he's, I mean, you could tell he was a like disturbed psychopath even at the time but it, those original Ren and Stimpy seasons were so fucking fantastic then
1: they, then they brought it back with his entire control and it was shitty
2: it was all, that know. was all gay and
0: perverted it was Ren and Stimpy yeah. having sex and then big breasted girls you know, walking <laughs> around it, it was horrible the, the TNN uh, it was before Spike TV I think
2: Adult uh, Cartoon Party hours. It was like, like the that? first Spike TV thing. It was like with Spike TV. Spike TV, I remember vividly because when I was 13, I was like, being a man is awesome. Spike TV is going to be <laughs> fucking <laughs> sick, dude. It was the Joe Schmo Show, Stripperella, and Ren and Stimpy Adult Party Cartoon. And what a lineup, let me tell you. Let me tell you. No better block. The last great block of television in my eyes. Joe Schmo
1: still good, though. I don't know if you've seen it recently. Joe Schmo I- was good.
2: I- yeah. But like
1: like five years ago or something it still held up i don't know if it still holds up but just i guess the fact that none of those actors were known at all so it it kind of worked Mm. but then just the the guy that they picked he's such a just schlubby whatever that it's so interesting to just see him react to the bullshit that's happening around him so it's yeah it's it's uh it's still funny i think somehow
2: i gotta rewatch it i remember at the time actually really really liking it i like that shit i mean i even but even when i was like 13 i was like ren and stimpy adult party cartoon just fucking sucks like imagine getting a second shot like that and blowing it that fucking bad like you know <laughs> it probably does need to be locked up just for that alone just for just for ruining an
0: opportunity it was extremely <laughs> disappointing especially when you're 12 years old and then you're seeing your two favorite cartoon characters have sex on the television. Ugh. I was like, "What? The, what? What the hell is this?" I I couldn't have been more disturbed. Uh, but did you did you cry during Justice League? Did you shed
2: any I tears? Didn't, I didn't shed any tears, but oh, but I got emotional when his daughter's name came up at the end. I genuinely did. I was like, "Damn, this was his dream." Did you feel that way, Hans? Did you get emotional too?
1: No, I didn't even notice that her name. Um, came you up, fell asleep before that part? I don't know what her name is. What's her name?
2: Autumn. Oh, yeah, I didn't yeah, even know that. Well, yeah, uh, you just thought, when it said for, uh, for Autumn, you thought he was just paying tribute yeah. to his favorite <laughs> month. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or it was when like, was it, he actually, oh no, it came out in March, I meant for this to come out in Autumn. <laughs> this is a note at the end of the movie I left for myself.
1: To Autumn, my favorite season. Uh, <laughs> what I wanted to say about Sex Snyder was that I have a bigger issue with JJ J. Abrams than sex night.
2: Really? I think JJ oh, yeah.
1: has so many opportunities and he's done nothing interesting with it. Uh everything just seems to be a rehash of things that other directors have done before. Mm-hmm. So it nothing ever feels like a J. J. Abrams. It just feels like a oh that's kind of Spielberry or oh that's you know, just something that other person has done and well he's in charge now, right? Of DC. Or no, well, no, something. no. He, he's
0: going to be doing the new. Uh, I think he's at least producing the new Superman movie with uh, uh, what's his name, Tana Ta- Ta- Coats. Yeah, that'll be great. Yeah,
2: JJ Abrams yeah. do things. Yeah, it's just like latching on to like, uh, like P. O. Like he's like P. O. C. Reimagining of nerd properties now, which is like just such like the most like cynical Hollywood move right now. I think. Mm-hmm. Like, what was it, Lovecraft Country? And did he produce Watchmen? Or was that fucking Lind? That uh, Lind- no, Lind- no, Lindelof and basically. Yeah. All right. Well, same kind of you know. Oh man, those two together. I used to love Lost. I used to love JJ J. Abrams actually, but yeah, I mean I, post um like Star Wars, he's just become like the fucking studio hack for sure. Hmm. I I have no
0: expectations uh for anything positive where DC wants to take their slate uh coming up in in the next couple of years because it seems like they have and I mean to a certain degree it's understandable uh why they might not have interest in pursuing any more Zack Snyder properties just because they have such a such a vocal fan base that is capable mm-hmm. of quite a lot and it's I, it's probably dangerous for them to hold on to that in the long term
2: yeah um, as happy as i am with the snyder cut i don't love the precedent of like fans forcing studios to do things you know right like this was a special case i don't i don't know about as as much as that would be fun to see i don't know about like them restoring the Snyderverse verse if that's not where they like or are organically trying to go you know
0: yeah, I think I'm good as far as that whole thing goes. I'm I'm very uh interested in in seeing some one off projects that don't tie into much of anything, to be honest with you. I'd like more stuff like Joker. Uh yeah. the, the Matt Reeves Batman. I'm kind of fair weather on that. That's uh it doesn't really have my excitement at the moment. Uh that could change.
2: I thought the trailer was cool. Yeah but I love older Batman more than like, you know, fucking young batman really
0: and we we just went through an entire trilogy of that not too long ago like within the past i mean a little over 10 years it started up but that ended in 2012 so we already know what that looks like yeah right i I was much more interested in seeing something like the like what you
2: were saying the ben affleck batman developed some dark knight return i I would have loved that i'm really sad that didn't like work out the ben affleck like directed batman starring himself would have been so sick yeah um but, hey, Pete Davidson in Suicide Squad, huh? You excited? Oh, <laughs> I wow. really wanted to say, what are we, some kind of Suicide Squad?
0: <laughs>
2: That's, uh, I, I
0: love that. That trailer felt very uh, Disney Marvel 2013, 2012.
2: Very Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Yeah, I didn't, I mean, James Gunn, he seems like, a, a, you know, a good guy. But I, I think his style just doesn't resonate with me very much. It's too, like, goofy or something. There is it's no done. style anymore. It's 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 yeah, his, his style
0: has been uh, vanquished, as as of I think Guardians of the Galaxy two. I mean maybe 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 he'll prove differently with this film, but I mean based on that trailer, I have I have
2: no hope. I think they're trying to brand it as like James Gunn like controls everything because it was like it had like big font like the visionary director of Gar- you know James Gunn mm. basically. So I think they're really trying to like make it like you know basically what Snyder was actually doing which is like trying to do something new and divorced from like the property and or like you know the source cuz that's what that's why fanboys also hate Zack Snyder I think is that he reinterprets the superheroes for what he thinks will work best in the movie right but at the expense sometimes of like what the what a lot of comic people have in their mind is like what the character is sort of mm. um and I think there's a lot of backlash from comic book people about that. They'd rather, like, a Marvel, like, just, like, exactly what I want, just they want for the big screen with it, no, like, nothing challenging.
0: They want Batman the Animated Series. That's what they want. That right, has become, right. like, the de facto, oh, this is the, this is, this is the real Batman. Is Batman... Yeah. The, Mark Hamill's Joker? That's the best Joker. Best performance by a Joker? Is it Joaquin Phoenix? Is it Heath Led- No, it's Mark Hamill no
2: it's like, come on jack fucking nicholson also, dude nicholson Nicholson. yeah they, that's right that's right they, they
1: also mean. say that the best batman is that rock-headed guy that does the voice right
0: <laughs> with his giant, giant has, like, mole on his lip his yeah. giant fucking disgusting mole that makes me want to puke they made him grow a beard for that stupid <laughs> cw show where he's in costume it was awful um but, i could do that guy's bat robin get over here that's it that's, it. that's how you're like, t-
2: acting toward the force
0: Yes, um, wait, I was going to say something. Oh, right. Uh, so yeah, they they love this ideal version of Batman that is essentially just their childhood Batman, which is Batman the animated series. Zack Snyder had Batman holding a gun, shooting at it. people. People were like so he doesn't sick. he doesn't like guns. He doesn't okay. pick up. Gu- I mean, you could I mean, there are so many comics at this point where you can pick up any storyline and be like, and, and do whatever you want with the character. And, and reroute it to some obscure little plot or or comic or whatever, and say, "Oh, this was actually, this is uh, based on a comic book. There's a through line here, uh, and you know it can work out." Um, so I I don't know. I I think they're all just very petty. And also, the whole Batman doesn't like guns thing is a, a very recent phenomena. There is a Batman Year Two where he has to get the gun that he that was uh, used to kill his parents and pick it up and team up with Joe Chill, and then they got to go fight some guy named the Reaper, who was just invented for that comic arc.
2: So, Damn. That's, yeah. That's that's awesome. Mean? <laughs> that's, that's, I mean, uh, that's my,
0: Hans told me that. I didn't know that off the top of my head. He told me right before. We yeah, oh, me.
2: yeah, yeah.
1: Very, Where's fitting, my very fitting background.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I love it, dude. <laughs> <Where's>
1: he,
2: <laughs> fascist Batman, the, the Batman who swears and kills, is like, I'm going to fucking kill you, Joker. You fucking yeah. need this shit. I'll look you in the fucking eye, and I'll shove a gun down your throat. <laughs> it's like, that's Zack Snyder. That was him unleashed. In fact, I do regret, if there's one thing I would love to see in a Snyderverse, because that scene at the end of Justice League felt like that's what Zack Snyder really wanted to do. And I would love – this is I mean, this is a dream. This will never happen. I love for a studio to give him $100 million to make that kind of movie, like a Frank, a full-on Frank Miller Elseworlds kind of fucking – you know, full Zack Snyder. Did you catch the uh, the Easter egg at the end
0: with with Ben Affleck on top of uh, his Dark Knight Returns tank, and they had mutants? The, no, I didn't. That's There were that's little sick. CG mutant characters that were tied up right next to the Batmobile, and somebody caught.
2: That's fun. I like it. Well,
1: was it Wolverine? What was it? What was that's, it for that's, real? That's, I don't know. Okay. I
0: All right. That's that's enough. Anyway, you said you were sad. That Ben Affleck will no longer be Batman. Would you say sad enough to cry, Robbie? Oh my!
2: (laughs) Yeah, I love. Do you? I love crying every every superhero movie, no matter the quality. I have to start crying, take a selfie of me crying, and upload it to Facebook with a fucking four paragraph goddamn Facebook status about it. What is wrong with him? There's something wrong with this man. By the
0: third <laughs> sentence, too, he'll remind you he had a heart attack over a year ago. And uh, I'm so
1: dumbass because I didn't even understand what you guys were doing. I was like, wait, wait, hold on. I don't want to move on yet. I forgot that we were supposed to be talking about this other thing. Yeah, sorry. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> so, this I is think it. on the Loud Boys we were talking about, what if he just started doing that for current events? Like he takes a picture of himself watching the Derek Chauvin trial and crying or something <laughs> like that.
1: <laughs>
0: Oh, boy. Uh, we're, we're, uh, well, I don't even
1: anymore. Yeah. <laughs> the theme of this <laughs> show
0: tonight is is Clerks 1 and 2. Kevin Smith's, uh, some would argue, his best film, at least. Maybe best films. I don't, I don't know. I was just watching the original Clerks on the television only a moment mm-hmm. ago before we, we, we started this up. And I had watched Clerks 2 uh, not long ago either. Nice. Kevin Smith is a, is a filmmaker who has certainly fallen off in the past like 25 years but uh he's somebody that I kind of grew up with as a filmmaker so he's permanently got like a lifetime subscription for me where he'll make total shit for maybe a, a stretch of 10 years, 15 years, irredeemable garbage, but I'm still going to probably wind up checking out whatever his next film is. Um just because you know that's one of those 90s staples. From when they get the you youth. when
2: you're a teenager, because there's no one I've I loved more intensely when I was a kid and like disliked now than Kevin Smith. I think, but because he got me when I was a kid, I'll watch everything he'll ever do. Probably, I right. watch fucking Yoga Hosers. That's, like one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my I your life. I own Yoga Hosers. I got it ten feet away from me. <laughs> yeah, that's right.
1: <laughs> you have a Funko pop of it. Uh, <laughs> I have both I, of them. I, I mean, was like that. I have, I think I have all the DVDs for his uh, stand, well, not stand up, like Q and A thing. Like I used to just watch that shit over and over because I was fascinated by the stories that he tells about, you know, that Superman story. I mean, that, that,
0: that's something completely different too. That that's been long forgotten. Is he was actually a very good public speaker, very captive, especially during that period where you didn't have podcasts. Mm-hmm. And it's not quite stand up comedy. It's just him doing like a a, a proto live
2: podcast, and all all of that was extremely entertaining for the time. I think the craziest thing when I rewatched some of those, because I watched a bit of a first of all, he's he is pretty entertaining in those. Like he's he is good at telling stories. At least he was back then, especially. But the fact that Kevin Smith used to be able to, like sell up like an arena of people who were fu- who fucking loved him. Like they are they fucking love him. Mm. Like in a way that like not a lot of I don't you know, I could see like you know e- like let, take like the safties who are like really really talented or whatever. I don't know if they could like sell out an arena to watch him talk like that. You know what I mean? Like, people—they were when you watch those—that audience is there, and they're like fucking like it's like a live podcast or a live stand-up thing. They're like super. It's like watching a Netflix special. I'm like, I don't know a lot of directors that could do that. Tarantino, maybe I guess.
0: Maybe, but I—I I mean, hmm. I feel did like a burn- lot of these, a lot of these filmmakers also would be a little too concerned about burning bridges, and that's something he did before anyone else really is tell. Like Hollywood stories about people acting like assholes or, or asserting their will on uh, film productions long before anyone else. Like his Superman Lives stories about what was it John Peters or John Goobers trying to get the robotic spider in the movie, and then it winds oh, up Wild yeah. Wild West. Uh, very amusing stuff. Go ahead. That's Austin. such
2: a good story. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: no, I, I I completely lost it. <laughs> I lost my train of thought completely. I'm I'm on medication right now, so I'm just. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying. All right, best. we have to
0: bring it back to you being sick. You got yeah. to milk the sympathy now that we yeah.
2: we've gotten a quarter through the show. <laughs> got to remind people.
1: I have to remind people so that they forget that I'm actually kind of stupid.
2: Oh, so you're uh, crushing this episode. You're not on your computer. You sneezed <laughs> and <laughs> and killing the momentum. This is
1: yeah, yeah. I'm doing great. I yeah. No, uh, what was he going to say? Is that um, it, it's it's weird how. He had a heart attack and Mm. got into weed, and all of a sudden, everything that he was before is gone. Like, he started losing weight and getting confidence, I guess, and now he's just insufferable. Like, it's just someone that, like, before I I, because I used to be part of his forum, even. What
0: are you kidding me? Yeah, I was never part of his forum. You're you're a geek cons. Go ahead.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I know the view ask you forum that I used to have, and and, and that's disgusting. when the think, when the podcast came out, like I used to listen to it a lot, and I was like, "This," it would just listening to him have conversations. Now that Kevin and Smith that makes those long sappy posts about how emotional he gets at WandaVision, that's oh someone that God. I one to like. To be why? fair,
2: WandaVision did have the greatest line in screenwriting history. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, what, what was it? What was? It? Go ahead. You had a What is now. grief, but but love persevering? whatever the fuck did you guys you know that was like all that hoopla around that line yeah i saw that on twitter people were like screenwriters right now are gasping it's that line is uploaded on youtube right now under the headline the greatest line in screenwriting history and it has like mostly up like likes like most people agree that that's like the greatest line of all time it's uh, which is disgusting in my opinion it's It's disgusting
1: it's so simple to please marvel fans now all you have to do is just try to think of like maybe a, a slightly different but not really way of doing things like this show that a lot of people are preaching like the greatest new thing so creative so whatever the fuck trying to find meaning that's not there because it's a fucking superhero shit that doesn't have that depth but you watch it at least i watch i watched two episodes of it, I, watched and it, and it. I, was just, I was just like okay i i don't get it like i don't under, i understand what they're going for i understand what they're trying to do with the whole you know 50s uh Family sitcom or whatever, but it just, I don't know. Like, after episode two, I was like, all right, I got it. Like, I got what they're trying to do. Like, cool. Do I really need to sit through six other episodes so that I can get something on episode 10? You know, and this show has been lauded as this new, you know, revolutionary TV show or whatever the fuck. So it's it's
2: just, it's just like Lost or The Prisoner, but with superheroes. And I kind of like the Mystery Box shows, but, and so I watched the whole thing because I thought it was going somewhere more interesting than where it actually did end up. unfortunately, but, yeah, that's the thing, is people, a lot of people ate crow, because they were like, this is revolutionary, this is the greatest show ever, and then the ending really shit the bed, and so everyone was like, uh, never, (laughs) like, once it was over, nobody was writing about it, did you notice that? Like, everyone kind of stopped talking about it completely. Like, it was like, everyone was like kind of like, we're gonna, that kind of fucking sucked, right? We all fucking agree? You know? It was...
0: Well, no. but, Wait, th- I mean, it, it's the every single time that they have a new show drop, it's just going to occupy that space. And it's going to be the same thing as the Marvel movies, where nobody is talking about any single one individual Marvel movie but the one that's currently out at the, the, that moment in time. Like, um, I, I was talking about this with somebody. I, I don't know. I, I feel like, and just to bring it back to Zack Snyder's justice, like, I feel like he accomplished what they set out to do in like 10 films or 20 films or whatever within one four hour movie. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I've watched 20 hours worth of that Justice League movie at this point. I'll probably watch it <laughs> one more time, too. Hell yeah. If it goes to IMAX, I might check it out just to see what the intermission is like, you know? Um, well, Justice, you got to watch Justice is Gray. The Joker is going to be I Jesus. I've seen it. I've, I saw it the moment it was uploaded. Oh, my God. Yeah. Hell yeah. That's it's, awesome. It's, uh, it's all right. It's, uh, you know, it makes some of the special effects look a little bit better, but... um Anyway, to the point I was trying to make was people are still talking about Batman vs. Superman. Even the people who hate Batman vs. Superman are still talking about Batman vs. Superman. Nobody's talking about Civil War anymore because they had Avengers, Endgame, and Infinity... They upped the stakes every single time and then they included more heroes. They they just, you know, upgraded the uh, the software, so to speak.
2: You know, I thought the same exact thing and I, I even had the thought, like, this might be kind of a... I'm trying not to be too contrarian because I do generally genuinely like those movies, but I was like, I think Batman vs. Superman and... Justice League might go down more, like have more cultural impact at, in like 20 years than like Avengers Endgame. They because will. I just, I, I agree with you that when, when I watch Avengers Endgame, does it really stand on its own as a movie? Could you just show that one movie to somebody? You can show either of those movies to anybody on their own. You don't need to watch like anything else. Like people ask me, they're like, do I need to see Justice League to get this Snyder Cut thing or watch the other ones? And I was like, no, no, you really don't. You know, all you need to know is Superman died. That's it. And, that was a thing that I found really refreshing about this one was everything is set up and paid off in the same movie and you just don't fucking see that in Marvel anything. Right. Um and that was nice.
1: Well, that was one of the things that were was a criticism too, right? Before even the Just Wooten, or when the Just Wuton one came out, mm. that they were trying to do the Avengers thing but without making films for every single one of them. So that's one of the reasons why it didn't work. But yeah um i think that, uh what marvel did worked because of the way they did it and because there was nothing like that before at, time. at that time
2: everyone because does it now. now
1: like i can never i could imagine rewatching the first whatever it's called what what do they call it the the Iron Man, like
0: a, Avengers. No, no, no. Yeah.
1: That's like the first set of, of of movies that get to Avenger, and that's that's called Phase oh, One, like War yeah. One
2: yeah. and Captain yeah, America yeah. One. I, yeah, I knew I, those I, movies sucked at the time too. I remember at the time being like, they're just they're just building to something, but these movies individually are not good. Yeah, and
1: and I couldn't imagine sitting and watching the twenty or however many of those are because it's the same movie over and over again. They just change the color of the character. Yeah, uh, when you watch Justice League. It is four hours, but at least those four hours, they they did a really good job at introducing the characters a- enough so that you care. But I I, I just I, like I, I prefer to watch that that even considering we're watching any of the old Marvel movies because i i just know exactly what i'm going to get without even having to watch it you
2: know yeah, yeah and and the thing is like with those with those Marvel movies because they have no real character or like you know personality to them besides studio shit they get topped so if you go back and watch the first avengers it doesn't feel nearly as special as it did when you first saw it. Exactly. So th- it's kind of like, it's kind of like comedy, honestly, comedy movies or like video games. Uh, you know, they kind of do the same thing, but refine it and, and put out a new great version. So they don't hold up at all. Whereas like nobody's going to even try to do a Batman versus Superman kind of thing. And also I think Zack Snyder is just a genuinely very talented filmmaker. Um, like, you know, you, the Russo brothers, who I don't dislike, I think what they do with those Avengers movies, they actually do a pretty good job with them, but they just came out with this like this solo movie called cherry or whatever. That's apparently just is a total mess and like, not very good. I was like, I like yet. most, I, most uh... of the s- solo Snyder's are pretty, pretty fun. Mm-hmm. I, weird. I, I like the book cherry and
0: I've been, as soon as I found out that they were helming that, I was like, these are the wrong people. And then when they cast Tom Holland, I was like, ugh, I this hate is, that this kid. Is ter- that, that kid is the
2: farthest thing from what would have been in my head, anyway. Reading that novel, um, but that's what's also funny is I feel like no one watched like no, none of those actors like nobody cares about them outside of those movies. Like no one, I feel like Tom Holland's not can't, is not going to be able to open a movie. Chris Hemsworth can't really open a movie. You know, I mean? they're they're only they're all only famous and liked inside this like ecosystem. Besides Downey Jr. because he built they're trying, beforehand. They're
1: trying really hard with Tom
2: Holland, which is it sucks. Yeah,
1: because. They're trying to make him an action hero, but he still looks like a 13-year-old. And his whole
2: acting style, every single... Oh, jeez, mister! Like, that's him in every fucking scene. mm -hmm. Oh, jeez, mister! Oh, my God! Like, it's like, dude, stop spazzing, dude. You're fucking Spider-Man, dog.
1: Nathan Drake, (laughs)
2: right?
1: Yeah. He's an action hero now, and yeah, I I don't... Uh, uh, The One thing about the Russo brothers, however the fuck they say their stupid name, I... Because I hear that a lot of people say that they like them, that, yeah, they're they're good directors or whatever. But what about them is good? Because you watch one of their movies, and then you watch any other <laughs> Marvel movie, and I don't see any style difference. I don't see any script difference. I'll, any- I'll say
2: the ones that they direct tend to be the ones I enjoy more than the other ones. Like, I liked Civil War and the Infinity War and Endgame uh, you know, not at four of those kinds of movies, right? Like, uh, yeah,
1: but those those just have more interesting stories, though. Like, they're they're the the yeah. Uh, what's it called? You just said, it, and I fucking forgot it already. I mean, they're basically like
2: great. T- they they came from TV, like Community and stuff. I, I feel like they're they're perfect because they're good TV directors. Like, they don't really need to do anything. They just kind of do assemble things together, and you know, you know. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like- all
0: Kevin Feige calling the shots. Probably even creatively, I would say at this point. It, so I. That's exactly what I was going to say before. Is it just feels like they're interchanging television directors, where you don't have much responsibility aside from making sure that the the scenes get done within an appropriate amount of time. Go ahead, Hans.
1: Yeah, yeah. Just hit the points that all of the other movies hit, which is right. you know, it's funny or or attempts of being funny, and then and at the beginning of the movie we see the character and the, haha something funny happens and oh we set something up and oh no something dramatic and our hero is upset with the person they love and oh no there's the bad guy and oh they beat him really quickly and at the end and that's it and that's every marvel movie there's no stakes none of the villains ever feel like they're gonna do anything really right uh so it's boring you know paul rod comes
2: in to be like i i I thought you were gonna be over there but i'm over here you're over there i'm over here like it's a lot of cadence comedy which i like can't stand no i am so
0: tired of wit of wit and just of humor in general. I want things dry <laughs> and sad. And do- I want DC films to be like uh, like that, that movie Santanago. That would be perfect, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, have you watched any of the CW shows by any chance, the CW-DC shows? No, no. Well, we were talking about TV directing. You know who's directed quite a lot of those episodes is Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith loves
2: directing we The did Flash. It. We did it. He did it. We, we got to him, then we left, and then now we're back. Natural Much like The Flash himself. Yes. Yeah. Well, he uh,
1: cried. A, he posted a crying photo because he directed The Flash, right?
0: Uh, <laughs> Supergirl yeah. or Flash. Was probably, oh, he was Water watching Ball. The Flash and he cried. Oh, my God. Because so Barry Allen's mom died for the second time. So, uh, 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 what's every, hey, what's everybody's favorite Kevin Smith film? Clerks 2. Clerks 2? Or, do,
1: or Dogma. The ones that I remember enjoying the most, yeah, those two.
0: I watched Winner. Clerks 2 uh, when I was maybe, that came out in what, 2006? So I was probably about 15, 16 years old at the time. And uh, I remember loving it when it came out, and it was my favorite uh, Kevin Smith movie by far. And I watched it about five years later, and I was like, yeah, that's that's still pretty good. And I watched it maybe about five or six months ago. I was like, this is really painful and embarrassing.
2: Clerks 2? Yeah. I... Which one is it? I When I saw, it in th- I saw it in theaters, I guess I was 14, 15. When did it come out, 06? Yeah, I was 15. Um, and when you're 15, Kevin Smith is the funniest man on earth, at least back then. Uh, so I loved it, but then my co-host, Andrew Dursa basically was like, this might be his worst movie, Clerks 2. Back then? I, I, sorry, my friend, Andrew. He's not my co-host. What am I talking about? <laughs> and so I was kind of bracing myself for that. But then I actually ended up I, I just finished watching it just now. I ended up laughing at some points and not like not hating it quite as much as I was kind of bracing myself for. Maybe because I have that nostalgia also. Well, I
0: don't like... to be uh, to be clear. Excuse me. Uh, I didn't hate the movie when I rewatched it. But there, I mean, the the cringy moments of it often involving the poor acting of his wife were especially painful to get through. And, it, like, the sentimental nature of it, I think, works for it. But then I also keep in mind what Kevin Smith has become, what we've been talking about, and it does not seem as charming to me on on this go-around. Well,
2: that's, oh, my that's God. I, was... I didn't know that was his wife.
1: Yes. Oh yeah. I was
2: like, Who is this horrible shrew? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Can you imagine that that disgusting pervert Kevin Smith being like, All right, now show your boobs to uh to Randall <laughs> <laughs> That I, I don't want to get too ahead of it, but that might be even though I think this movie had some of Kevin Smith's best jokes in all of his movies, that that might be my least favorite joke in any Kevin Smith movie, that boobs thing. And and Randall goes, What does he say? He's like well, that's just wrong. Yeah. That's my oh, least yeah. favorite yeah. brand of joke of all time. It, it, it's one step away from, uh, no, just <laughs> no. It's like
0: and, uh, the whole premise uh, of that scene is like, all right, so we all agree my wife is sexy, right? We're we're all yeah. wanting to fuck my wife, right? Yeah.
1: Oh. No, no, not even you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. He doesn't uh, in every. I don't know if he still does. Hopefully, he doesn't because she already looked like. I don't, I'm not, I don't want to be mean, but she already I looked was, like Blair Witch in, like, Maul nah, She You
0: know what she looked like? She looked like, what was that sister from Pet Cemetery, Zelda, who they kept in the bedroom? That's what she looked like. <laughs> Horrifying. She, she
2: should, she should, he should have
1: captured a scarecrow in Batman, actually. <laughs> Zelda in bed. She, because I remember how noticeable it was when you watch uh, Jane's Island Bob uh, strike back, and you have Shannon Elizabeth, who is at her... The height of her power is there, and then you have her right next to her, and you're just like, oh, Kevin, what are Kevin. you doing?
0: Right. Why and would you do that? What, was, Harmony Crin did the same thing with Spring Breakers, where you have like uh, with Ashley Benson, and you have Selena Gomez, and then you have Rachel Corrine,
2: <laughs> who's <laughs> yeah, thick Don't and from break. Missouri... That's cool. That's- you know? How weird is that to cast your daughter? Because Kevin did that too in Yoga Hosers. Is like, yeah, my daughter's gonna look all sexy in this movie. It's like, don't fucking do that, man. Don't do that. Yeah. That's so fucking weird. It's it's weird enough that you do that to your wife. You know, I, you just, I, I don't like I don't like casting your wife or your daughter and stuff and making it all like because Judd Apatow did that too with like Leslie Mann. Oh, he's he's one of the worst cul- he, he might
0: be the worst culprit of that because yeah. that's every single film. I mean, Kevin Smith. He'll he'll shoehorn his daughter in now, and that's that's whatever at this point. But compared to Judd Apatow,
2: where he was doing that with like a probably forty year old virgin, even was she yeah. in that as well? So, well, because cause the thing is, it, like originally, it was like, oh, did you know that he's married to she's married to Judd? Oh, and she was actually pretty good in that. And he's like, oh, let me just like uh, do that like a bunch of times. I'll just do that in every fucking movie. Put him in. It's like, yeah.
1: and then and then he's just like, well, I'm just gonna get my daughters to say fuck or penis on camera, and yeah. that's gonna be the whole. It's like, what Greg happened? Ray, to
2: what happened, what happened to family values, folks? What happened to raising <laughs> your daughter? Don't swear in the house. Now the directors are like, swear into the camera. Make sure everyone can see it. We're going to show it to everybody.
0: Wasn't there, uh, there was like a sex toy gag or something sexual involving Jet Apatow's daughter on one of his recent projects that made me very uncomfortable when I saw that? Um, I'm trying to remember what it was. Hans, do you, do you
2: know?
1: watch any recent Judd Apatow projects.
0: What has he done recently? What has he been up to? He hasn't really been uh, King, directing, King, has
2: King he? Of Staten, King of Staten Island. Maybe, maybe it was that. I, I don't
1: remember. I, yeah, that, the Pete Holmes, I, he did a Pete Holmes show, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah, right, yeah, crashing, crashing.
1: The last thing I watched from him was This Is 40, and I was like, cool, this just means that I'm done. Like, I don't need yeah. to watch it. Yeah,
2: that, that, that was him with, like, nobody, because he was already kind of on thin ice with a lot of people, with funny people, like, if people thought that was indulgent, and he just, like, kind of doubled down, which is interesting. Funny people like, you have, did
0: not you have nothing need to be else to... three hours long, and then This Is 40 essentially did that exact same thing. It comes in at, like, two hours and 49 minutes, offers absolutely nothing new, and it's, I mean, the least charming of any of those films from that era, it does feel like a final chapter in his filmography that that begins with 40-year-old Virgin.
2: Well, his, his big finale, which he actually wasn't a part of, but it does feel like the finale was this is the end, I felt like. I felt like oh, that was yeah, like the big yeah. last hurrah for all that stuff, for but he wasn't crew, a part of it. Yeah. Honestly, maybe good, because it felt like it was like not that sentimental about, or it was, but they were a little nihilistic with their own like legacies in, in a lot of ways.
0: Man, I hope Seth Rogan gets gets get canceled or in trouble or something happens to him this week. Oh I really God. hope so. It's Did it's getting it? it's getting close to it. All,
1: all these fucking man.
2: guys, all these fucking guys who like got in on the ground floor of like their whole persona was like you're okay. gay and we're gonna call you gay and you're the you know say slurs basically and all this offensive comedy, then completely pivoted to. Um, Whoa, we're good guys and we're sorry for everything that we did when we start. It's like you forgot – you not only forgot why people loved you, you're closing the door behind you for anyone that, like, is trying – who is trying to do that kind of comedy to save your own fucking ass. Like, defend your fucking jokes. Of course they were funny at the time. You, you liked them. You made them. It's a
1: different time. The sensibilities were different, you know. Yeah. That's something that I wanted to ask you guys, actually, when we were talking about uh, Justice League. Uh, Do you guys think that by having Twitter now and social media like it is, that Christopher Nolan would have gotten more backlash by how he changed some of the aspects of those Batman movies? Because even though they're good and a lot of people like them, he did change a lot of it uh, Mm. to fit what he wanted to do. And I don't know if uh, the culture that we're currently in with social media and everything will be as receptive as it was back then when I don't even know if – Twitter existed. Yeah, no, no Twitter,
0: Twitter, Twitter was definitely around during that time. It was not what it is today. Uh, I think the most common complaint, as far as those Nolan films went, was uh, that Dark Knight Rises felt like it was a negative commentary on Occupy Wall Street. That was one of the more prevalent things. But aside from that, I mean, there was nothing serious that anybody was griping about. People were very excited about all of those movies.
2: I I actually I actually vividly remember because I was like a message board kid like Hans you know a total loser uh, like Hans yeah. <laughs> but uh, I I remember when the when the when the casting about uh, Dark Knight came out they were like he cast Heath Ledger what an idiot this is gonna suck and then the first images came out and everyone trashed them they were like this is stupid Joker doesn't have scars he's trying too hard to be edgy like basically what everyone thought Le- like it was the same discourse when Lido Joker came out but. Leto's Joker was actually that, like it actually was that, mm. which is in. but, but I remember at the time, yeah. the Dark Knight really did surprise people with how good Heath Ledger was in that movie. Yeah. I think his death gave that some momentum too. Mm. I, I think without that, that is not like the biggest movie of that decade. Although, it definitely helps. I think it was a one 2 I think the quality is there, but then the death like put it over the top. Oh like, yeah. 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 yeah.
1: Well, everyone wanted to see what was the role that killed him, right? Well, you, well, you yeah. know, he
0: was in his hotel room taking painkillers and reading the satanic verses yeah. and watching a clockwork orange on repeat. He was going nuts. He was doing having... Ouija boards with <laughs> fucking Mary Kate <laughs> Ashley. He was keeping Mary-Kate. a diary. You know, he had a journal of dark things, and uh, <laughs> that's what killed him. It was just too dark, the role.
2: You know, that's... it was too twisted to, to live. Yeah. You don't go you play the joker, you don't come out the same end with the same guy you were before you were the joker. And that's why every movie starring the Joker has been nominated for an Oscar, except and an Oscar follow through with Justice League. You if you know what's good for you.
0: <laughs> oh boy. Um so a lot of, you know, a lot of pop culture references tonight on on this show. Clerks was actually one of the first few movies to include pop culture references at a rapid pace throughout its duration a lot of star wars
2: talk yeah you know my god this is just like star wars it's yeah it's a lot of that kind of thing (laughs) that's i think a big reason why because kevin smith was so great and groundbreaking at the time and now a lot of his movies don't hold up because he pioneered two things that have been done a lot better which are pop culture reference and nerdy shit in like mainstream and like the the shared universe building which Mm -hmm. they do with avengers at the time that was like amazing that he did that and uh but those are the two best things about his movies and they've both been since bested uh by by you know apatow and marvel basically and i i think one of the reasons too that he's
0: well i want to get your your opinions on what you think about red state what you think about tusk Mm -hmm. and uh obviously we know yoga hoses is not a good movie but those seem to be the two films where he tried to venture out and do something much different than what he had before although you can take a look at things like Chasing Amy and even Jersey Girl and say all right these are not f- the the texture that he you know laid out with Clerks and with Mall Rats and with uh Dogma which seems to be a, a edgy comedy for the time for the 90s um wh- what is your your thoughts on those couple of films
2: I actually haven't watched Red State since I saw it the first time. I actually remember liking it mostly for Michael Parks' performance because I just, I, 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 for, I for some reason I liked him as an actor back then. I think he might have been in a Tarantino movie or something. Um, I thought he was good in it, but it kind of was like it just fine to me. I know a lot, some horror fans have actually talked me out of liking Red State um but I, i'd have to rewatch it i haven't seen it since it came out but tusk uh i think the first half is really good i think it builds the dread up really really well actually in a way that i was actually surprised by but then once he turns into the walrus it's just very off-putting but not in a scary way and yeah. like I, I don't really enjoy it as much but low you actually are the one who pointed this out it's the first a24 movie ever well, no, 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 no. Uh, Charlie or, Swan
0: the Third is the first A twenty four movie. I'm very uh, up to date on my A twenty four lore, but no, no it, it's an early A twenty four film. The only one that they, I mean, I believe they said they were going to do all three of the True North trilogy, and then they backed out after Tusk. So, yeah, why? Why would they do that? <laughs> um i know he's trying to find somebody right now to finance moose jaws moose jaws is supposed to be uh an unofficial remake of jaws but with a moose oh and that'll, that, yeah, that'll that's been in the works
2: like seven years or so
0: i remember hearing
2: about that like seven years well ago.
0: you know who wasn't going to do it before was johnny depp but is definitely going to do it now
2: is yeah. johnny depp
0: johnny depp is going to jump on that uh, as soon as he gets the offer
2: it's funny that a Johnny Depp, Kevin Smith movie in 1998 would have been a major, major release. And now they're both like, hey, man, we're fucking we need to we need, we need to help each other. It's like, uh, <laughs> it's like it's like Crystal Lee and uh fucking Brian Callen are probably the same negotiations are happening. Mm-hmm. Like, holy shit, man. No one's
0: hiring us. Didn't they start on a podcast together with Will Sasso maybe about 10
2: years ago? They did. Yeah, they did. And Will Sasso's the last man standing. The 10 minute podcast. Man, not to get off track again, but I was watching, I think that Chris D'Elia Dolphins Fuck People bit might be the worst piece of stand-up I've seen like in the last like, five years. Uh, go Google Dalia Dolphins eat, dolphins Fuck People. It's so fucking bad.
1: But is it is it bad funny? Like, it's so bad that you just laugh because of how terrible it is? It's, or is it's... it bad upsetting where you're just like, why?
2: You it's know, bad like, that it's, like, it's so bad because he just says, he just says, dolphins eat people. I, let me say that again. And he says, dolphins eat people, like, 20 times. Like, you know when people say, there's no joke there. There's no joke there. It's insane. It's like, I can't believe. It's like, he made well, that. What this What has is- happened is if you gravitate close
0: enough to Joe Rogan, people just assume... You're a very funny person, that you're one of the great comics of our time. Uh, that's all you really need to do is get a couple of guest appearances on Joe Rogan, mm-hmm. and you will be beloved by people like Hans, who watches Your Mom's House all night. <laughs> Jesus, Hans. Oh, look at this strategic, sneezing, <laughs> yeah. nose-blowing to think of some kind of excuse uh, to respond with.
2: Yeah, I, I toured a house recently, toured an apartment, Um recently and a guy was like I th- he found out I was a comedian and when I walked in he was watching like Bobby Lee's video podcast and, I was, and he was like I love comedy. I was like I really who your favorites and he said my favorite comic is Brendan Schaub <laughs> and I was like what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> He's a nice was guy bro. I was like, What's that, that real? I'm That's being, actually- I am being completely serious he told me his favorite comedian was Brendan Schaub. He, he listed like three comedians but one of them no, was no, no, I, be,
1: I mean was he being real? No, I believe you but was he fucking with you, or was he like? Serious? But people no, don't he, fuck
2: with each other in that way.
0: That like, that if you said that to me, then I would like I would pick up on that immediately. That you're being, uh, being you know a little clever boy, little, yeah, little little sneak, a um, rascal. Not not a real estate agent. A real estate agent's not gonna be like, oh yeah, no, nah, I'm just fucking with you. I hate. Bernie's, oh no, it was um,
2: just the dude whose room I was. But he had like, yeah, he was like big like male coworker energy, and that's those are the people that listen to Rogan. It's just coworkers.
1: That's what, uh, yeah.
2: Yeah, I don't think he grasped, like, irony or anything. Did you guys ever see uh,
0: the last episode Kevin Smith did with Joe Rogan? It is the most weirdly passive-aggressive episode of JRE. Uh, I did. Maybe, like, the first Candace Owens
2: episode of JRE. I love the fucking Ruben one. That one's amazing, where he's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, uh yeah that one's because 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 the whole time kevin's just like guilting him right about like not coming down to new orleans to do his movie that yeah that was a big part of it
0: uh Uh, where he's talking uh, about that and he'll he'll like come back to it after a while they'll be talking about something else so it's that and it feels like two friends who have been uh far apart and live different lives for a period of time coming back together and realizing (laughs) they have nothing in common oh my god that's so true Wow. Damn. Like Kevin Smith is hung up on like Russia Gate shit and, and this and that. And that's something that comes into I don't know if you guys have seen Jay and Silent Bob Reboot, but the big payoff yeah, of that movie is she's a Russian spy. Or she I Yeah, know. she's a Russian spy. So uh that that really aged well. Kevin
2: know? is the Kevin Smith is exactly the kind of person who would love like Russia Gate, like old liberal shit. Like <laughs> just like not a bright guy. Who, and not a good guy, but he thinks he's a good guy and wants to do the right thing,
0: yeah. you know what I mean yeah he's i mean i'll I'll give him credit for not being overtly political on anything that he does, and right. it's clear that like this does consume a like a decent portion of his head because he tweets it like Jake Tapper, and he's like, "What a hero, this man Jake <laughs> Tapper, my favorite journalist, my favorite reporter um he'll do things like that, but it won't really seep into uh his podcast much. I think it's more like his wife and daughter are highly politicized and he's, he's just like, oh, what's happening? Okay, so right. I guess this is what what the scoop is. Uh, but I don't there, know if you there's watch. There's a
2: branch of person, especially older people, who are like, I don't know that much about what's going on and I can't really grasp it, but I want to be involved so bad and know what's happening. Mm-hmm. So they just like tweet to like Jake Tapper, like, this is a guy who knows what's happening. Great job, thank you. You yeah. know what I mean?
0: Yes, yeah. It's it's any person in like the entertainment business over over like 45 50 years old gen x type maybe um, mm, yeah. who is still vaguely aware of things but does Penn not Oswald, have any,
2: yeah.
0: well he i don't know he seems a little he seems a little too He's nuts so into it. right yeah, yeah. um what I was going to say was, oh, have you, have, have you watched Fat Man on Batman at all? His podcast about comic books, Batman, this and that? I
2: tried, and I was actually, like, astounded at, like, how does Kevin Smith make such an unlistenable podcast about comic books? This would be, like, his thing. I, I didn't like it at all.
0: I, I listened to it all the time in the beginning, back in, like, 2013, back in the early days when, uh, like, Dark Knight Trilogy was coming to a close and... I just need some sort of outlet because I wasn't perusing message boards anymore. But that show has evolved in a really terrible way as well, where Kevin Smith will come in and he'll be like, Justice League was amazing. I love the new Avengers. The Spider-Man movie was the coolest thing I've seen on theater screens. And then he has this, this big lump of a co-host, Mark Bernardin who wrote for the show Castle Rock. Who's just like, yeah, well, uh, it didn't really do it for me. And, uh, Oh. You know, I just don't feel good about this movie coming about because of racist trolls on the internet, and uh, you know this this might be for some people, but it's just uh, it didn't really stick the landing for me. And uh, you know, good for him, I guess if that's your if that's your cup of tea. And it's just like two completely dissimilar people in a different way than the Joe Rogan Kevin Smith. Just like high energy, low energy. Awful, awful
2: fucking yeah. man that Mark Bernard. Wet blanket first. What... Yeah, Wet Blanket is like way too hyped up fanboy. That sounds horrible. That sounds like the two worst. And you can you can see about. and they've acknowledged
0: the chat during the show because I'll throw it on the TV sometimes if they're doing a live stream. People in chat will be like, you can see Kevin's energy deflating throughout the show where he's just like, ehm, sad, <laughs> <laughs>
2: very upset. Because what I remember from listening, it was like the Chris Farley show sketch where he was just like, where he would just recaps superhero movies. He'd be like and then iron man uh beat up that guy and that was awesome man he's like a he's it's <laughs> <just> like that <laughs> over like just going through plot points it's like i hate when people just recap the plot cuz like i've seen the movie if i'm listening to this usually i i don't know who consumes podcasts like that you know just like no 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 discussion just recapping what happened and interjecting the weakest possible commentary but people like it i don't know yeah <laughs> So uh,
0: anyway, he has no career anymore, really. I mean, he's making money. He's got his Kevin Smith uh, Mug Club or whatever it's called. I don't know what that is. He's got something going. He's got he's got a thing where he does. This is why his podcast is not out as frequently anymore. He has his
2: own service he's doing with multiple shows. He really he he's blown so many opportunities because he him and Tarantino. I remember in the '90s, it was like those two. Or I don't remember it personally, but I've I've read about it. Like, the can, like, out of 94 can, it was, like, Kevin Smith and Tarantino were the two guys. And he blew that, basically. And then he became, like, one of the first podcasting guys. And he was, like, Kevin Smith is, like, the king of, is like, him and Rogan, basically, right? It was, like, and, and Marin. And it was, like, these are the podcasting guys. And Rogan and Marin, you know, Marin's declined in cultural impact. But still, he's built a huge podcast. But Kevin Smith's podcast, I don't know anyone who fucking listens to that anymore. And uh, so he just keeps blowing it. He keeps being at the start of something great and going out the gate really interesting and then just blowing it. I think his problem
0: is he just he he doesn't change up his formula at all. I I think that was the case with his movies. And and when you do that, um, you're going to reach a certain point where you peak with that and then everything after is going to be a strong decline. And he hits that around the time of Jersey girl and cop out where he leans into different elements of his style. Right. Uh, he gets into the more schmaltzy sentimental family uh, oriented stuff that he touches on a little bit in uh, dogma right. maybe where, you know, she's trying to have a kid or whatever and there's a failed opportunity. And then it's, it's not quite developed. It's still more in vain of clerks and, and uh, mall rats and, and chasing Amy and then he becomes a different person because he has his first kid and, or his only kid rather. Maybe it's not even his kid. Maybe it's Jay's kid. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> that's why. That's why he did the the reboot. That was the whole. That was the reason he said that. He said because people started an online rumor that Jay slept with his wife, got her pregnant, what and that Harley Quinn Smith was Jay's. I had said this long before this movie, and Hans can. Can verify this as well. I said that girl looks a whole lot like Jason Muse and looks nothing like Kevin Smith. And I'll tell you oh what. My back, in, back in 2008 or nine, I remember reading the message boards and someone said Jay had his wife sitting on his lap during a live show while he was out on stage. And they oh saw this. Oh my
2: God. My theory is it's Woody Allen's kid. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, you really? Damn, so that's
2: what is like Kevin you, Smith's fucking fascination With having other people fuck his wife And like being cucked somehow Is all that shit
1: He's the perfect guy Like you believe it 100% Just because of his body of work that So many of his movies
2: cool. are about being hung up About like being cucked basically Clerks 1 yeah. and 2 Are both have huge cheating on them plot lines. You're right yeah, yeah. And I'm Chasing Amy the whole I mean
0: the idea of that film Is that he can't get over her sexual history
2: that's and so crazy to me. And it
0: destroys... And he said that was based on an actual story, which is totally <laughs> believable. He's a guy in well, his 20s Well, in that case, 20s. he's a fucking
2: asshole. Because that movie, it's like he turned a lesbian, and he's like, I don't know if I can go through with it because she had sex with a guy once. She got double-teamed. Hold
0: on. Not a guy. Double-teamed. Yeah. Two two <laughs> men at
2: the Kevin same Smith's time. like, mm, for my... Heartfelt indie that I think women might like. What's the what's the turn? Oh, she's a whore. Yeah. She's for a whore once in her plus, life.
1: For my LGBT plus positive film. This lesbian is a slut. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Chasing Amy, Quentin Tarantino's favorite film of 1996. I th- I'll tell you what, Chasing
0: Amy might, in retrospect, be the film of his that I like the most because nobody else is gonna is gonna employ that storyline right. Ever right. of oh yeah I'm gonna fall in love with a lesbian and I'm gonna convert her and I'm gonna be successful and there's not gonna be a moral lesson at the end of this that says this isn't normal or whatever yeah
2: it, 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 I don't know I, I I like that movie quite a bit um I have a theory and Chasing Amy is a good part of it that all of Kevin Smith's movies are interesting because they could have only been made that exact year that they came out mm. like Chasing Amy is only in 90 because it was like kind of when gay B- was like. Like, just featuring a gay character was progressive, but right before, like, gay marriage became more of an issue and people were more, like, aware of that shit. So only in 1996 did that seem like a progressive, interesting movie because, like, half the movie is also Jason Lee saying faggot, which would not fly to that. Like, if that movie, like, woke people probably hate that movie. Right, and you have the militant black character
0: as well who's kind of, like, a cartoonish yeah. uh, CB4-type cartoony guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So a lot of that would not work in today's day and age, which is again a lot of why I think it holds up better than uh, most of what came after that. Right. Um, I I I went on a, like a total rewatch of all of Kevin Smith's films during uh, the lockdowns last year, and I obviously a lot of the comedy does not hold up. Things like Dogma. Um, I mean, a lot of that does t- still work because. You have people like George Carlin and Chris Rock occupying yeah. the screen quite a bit, and their humor, I think, is a bit more timeless. Um, even though, if you check out their stand-up, I mean, I mean, Chris Rock's maybe I haven't I haven't watched that, but George Car- I couldn't fathom watching a George Carlin '90s <laughs> special nowadays.
2: Hey, no. You gotta put you gotta pop on your leather jacket, listen to some yeah. Led Zeppelin, and tune on into. <laughs> I need a place uh, for my, ooh, stuff. What's the stuff? That's the stuff. It feels like <laughs> um, listening
1: to Danny Bruce 20 years ago where you're just kind of like, okay, so he, I, I get it. He, You couldn't do this, but it, it, it sucks. Like, it's, about, not funny at all. it's not relevant at all. It sucks.
2: My thing about a lot of Kevin Smith movies, Dogma and Clerks 2 uh, are both good cases, is he never knows who his main character is, I feel like. Or he thinks it's different than who it actually is. So he gives like the big plot arc to the lesser interesting character. Like in Dogma, the fucking main girl is a nothing. She's a nothing character. He clearly just wanted to make a Jay and Silent Bob movie because that movie is just all Jay and Silent Bob bits, and that's like the strongest shit. And then Clerks 2, like Clerks One, yeah, Dante's the main guy and Randall pops in and out, right? Clerks 2 is all Randall. It's completely Randall. It's like 80% Randall. And then Dante's just a fucking repulsive character. He's this guy who who's engaged, but he cheated on his wife, got a girl pregnant, and just keeps hanging out with her. It's like, what is, break off this fucking engagement, dude. You don't love this woman. And so, and he just comes in the movie now and then to mope. But I think Kevin says like, but he's the main character, and he's like the emotional drive. So like, I did not give a fuck about Dante and Clerks too. It, 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 it Clearly, he just wanted to make a Randall movie, and but Randall has no emotional arc in that movie. He's just like, what's your deal, huh? You're you're crazy, you know? His thing where he like gives like folksy advice with liberal arts words or whatever, you know? Right. Um. But but then but then it's not satisfying because the main character who is Randall, in my opinion, doesn't have any arc. And this guy, this character who sucks, Dante, has an arc, so it's just deeply unsatisfying.
1: Yeah, you give the emotional moment to the character that nobody gives a fuck about. Exactly.
2: So a- or actively completely. hates, because yeah. he just sucks, but he's a bad guy, and he looks like shit. So- he always... <laughs> I,
1: I I never liked him in the first one. I he, he was just like a... I guess when you put it next to a character like Randall who's just funny and just a shithead, mm. it's difficult to like someone that's that looks older and is just a whiny bitch the whole time and just worrying about things that really, like, you know, a lot of, uh, like, the problems he has with his girlfriend are not real issues, but he, he's just a whiny loser. Yeah. Uh, I Like, he's not likable at all, and making him, yeah, have the emotional moment when you want to see less of him, like, it just falls flat completely. Um, I'm reading, I was very curious about that Kevin Smith club, um yeah. because i was wondering if it was something like a patreon or something mm. like that it seemed to be something like that it's like a membership thing right uh, and you can you can do from five dollars uh 10 15 and 30 um oh what uh, does 30
0: dollars get you
1: hold on, that's so a if lot you, of money if, a month <laughs> if you give if you give five bucks uh you get ad free podcasts Three a week. Okay. Uh, you get a you Jake get Tapper
2: act- Funko Pop. <laughs> you
1: get to the access to the archives, and then you get access to his Discord. Okay. If you get 10, if you give 10 bucks.
2: What a nightmare get- the Kevin Smith Discord must be, by the way. <laughs> Holy shit. Can you imagine the disgusting, disgusting get- 50-year-old Gen Xers?
0: <laughs> I've seen the Facebook group. I've seen their memes and what they find funny. And it is uh it is one of the most painful things imaginable. Continue Hans.
1: uh if you get if you pay ten bucks, you get access to the Smithsonian screaming room. Oh. Screening, sorry, screaming if I watch it I will be screaming, but this is a screening room. It says watch bake wake and bake with silent bob weekday mornings where a smoking smitty will monologue about unimportant bullshit, bust out a script to read, or reminisce or rave about the movies and the T V shows he loves. That's for ten bucks. Okay, so that's oh, a that's, that's a
0: daily show. That's a morning show.
1: At the end, it says if you're a dirty cock who likes to watch, be a mall rat in that club. That's what they're he called for ten cuck? Yes, it says it right here. That's why, like, that that's not his
0: attention. kid. That's not his child, Harley
1: Quinn. <laughs> if you my... pay thirty dollars, Terzo... you get.
2: Oh, oh, go sorry, go ahead. Go ahead.
1: Let me just finish this. So. You get you get four exclusive pins uh, for the fifteen, and for the thirty, you get everything. Pins. Pin like a pin, like a lapel, lapel. For pin.
0: thirty dollars a month.
1: For no, for fifteen, for thirty.
0: Oh, oh,
1: we have. You know. Get all of that, but taken from Kev's shells, uh, printing physical copies of the actual scripts used to make his classic fil- flicks. It says uh, the first one will be the second uh, draft. Flicks.
2: Disgusting.
1: Dad that has $30 to spend. Uh, you can get to read a script that's probably online already. You can find it online easily.
0: Yeah, wouldn't it cost uh, you but- like $1.20 to print up one of these scripts at FedEx? <laughs> uh, you're going to pay $30 for Kevin Smith? One, not even Kevin Smith, one of his guys to do that for you uh this is a scam i mean that's
2: just all there's such like a geeky community that's just so willing to be scammed like with fucking loot crate or whatever like, yeah. that shit like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like
1: e- the best thing is that it says that you get a script every three months but it's a monthly contribution of 30 dollars so you're paying 90 dollars. so
0: you you have to be there for the three months to get
2: one script <laughs> well because well, there's so only what thing- 10 movies so that's why that's how they hook you
1: $90 for a second draft of a clerk's script.
2: Like, yeah. I mean, good for him. I can't him, believe but... he did more than one draft. <laughs> <So> I, <laughs> you know, that's kind of interesting. I, you know, so my Andrew Derso, who's on my podcast, um, pointed this out. Um, the Kevin Smith subreddit only has 4,000 members, which is not that many. No, it's not. That's so sad. Like the Compound Media subreddit has three thousand. It's be-
0: well, it's because it, he hasn't made the jump to this generation, or, or the rather, uh, you know, Gen Z. There's nobody right. in Gen Z who has any sort of affinity for Kevin Smith or or what he's done. That right. is totally Gen X, Millennial,
2: and probably even Baby Boomer uh, people. We're probably the lat, the oldest people that will like have fond memories of his films for sure. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there are people,
0: when I'll talk about Kevin Smith in a not guests. negative way at, on the show or on Twitter or something, you know, a lot of the listeners are like 20 years old and they don't understand it at all. It's like I'm praising the nostalgia critic or something. They, there's, <laughs> It's just, it doesn't comprehend in their heads why something might have worked during this time. And now there's this revisionism that he's always been terrible, which they always, tr- you know, they'll always trot that out. It's like,
2: oh, no, no, no. He's always been bad, but that's not the case. No, um, he was good, but it doesn't. But what he did got topped, so it doesn't hold up. That's exactly. the issue. Exactly.
0: Yeah. yeah. And I, I mean, if you take a look at any of the '90s filmmakers from that, you know, that group, that Quentin Tarantino, uh, Kevin Smith, Robert, Robert Rodriguez, Rodriguez. Yeah. Like I put Spike Lee probably in there too. None of these guys really hold up, except for Quentin. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think anybody from that era. I mean, even if you look at, right at Al Hartley, do the right or, thing is still good. Yeah. I mean I I look, I still I still like a a great deal of Spike's even when it's like cringe. I just watched Bamboozled recently. Right. And <laughs> there's a lot that is bad about that movie, but a lot of the creative choices are interesting. The the fact that they shot it on DV cameras and uh had Michael Rappaport in blackface. That was great. I thought that was yeah. wonderful. That was very charming. I would have given it uh uh at least best supporting actor for Michael Rappaport. Yeah.
2: You know. Yeah. Can gonna... you
1: imagine
0: I love, that I love his
2: creative choice. I love his creative choice to uh, show us Elizabeth Olsen's titties in Old Boy. <laughs> yes, yeah, that is a wonderful. I just I love that Artur kind of touch that he does when he shows things like I, that. I'm a little you ashamed know. to say that I saw that movie in theaters
0: too, because I'm a, I'm a huge Old Boy fan. I love the original Old Boy. And I was like, Spike yeah. Lee's doing Old Boy? <laughs> what? Because I, I knew it was going to be uh, Spielberg and Will Smith up until that point. And then once Will Smith got out of the picture, I was like, oh, there might be a shot. This could actually be pretty good. And, yeah. uh, man,
2: I was wrong. That was that was a real piece of shit.
0: That yeah. was terrible.
2: Yeah. That was a bad movie. Well, I heard Spike Lee wanted to retitle it from Old Boy to Grown-Ass Man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> old Boy, White East. uh. uh uh, yeah that that I, I think i've seen old boy once that spike lee and i've seen that scene like a hundred times <laughs> That mm-hmm. with Olsen scene? like i know that movie more for that scene than than the actual spike lee old boy
2: can i ask you i got in a fight about that so speaking of things that like don't hold up with kevin smith because i remember this being a raucous scene in the theaters and then i laughed again when i rewatched it but i clipped it and i sent it to a group chat for clerks too and uh they all got like really mad. <laughs> they like are like this sucks. Doesn't hold up. Wait, the porch monkey scene. scene? The porch monkey scene. Yeah.
0: Oh. Oh yeah. yeah I yeah. forgot about that when I was watching. it. I thought it was all right, but I mean, here's the thing: uh, the the actors and Clerks have no charisma. Like they haven't yeah. evolved at all as actors between Clerks 1994 and Clerks 2 in 2006. So it's just like, I don't know. I don't, I, I didn't I didn't laugh. You know, I thought it was kind of funny back in 2006. I was like, that's a pretty obscure There's It was a slur. big pop
2: when I was a kid. when When I, I remember being in theaters, and that was like a huge laugh. That was like the scene everyone remembered afterwards. Mm-hmm. But, and I, then I felt bad, kind of, for like defending it. Because I was like, they're just going to think I'm racist. And just like anything with the N word. I was like, no, no, guys, you don't understand. It's funny. <laughs> 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 but... But I do think I do think the gag of a guy who's defending himself against how he didn't say a slur. So he says the N word. That is a funny gag. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like then then he just keeps listing slurs. That is funny, too. But I do agree that like like, you know, someone else pointed out they were like um, they were like, uh, uh, I don't get why this would be funny. The actors aren't good and the direction isn't good. And I was like, yeah, but it's just funny to say the N-word and less you know, when you're trying to, like... Def- like, the premise of the scene is kind of funny, I think. That he's, like, defending himself and just digging himself in deeper with that word. And it's a shock... There's, there's a shock value to it. and I might have also just laughed because you can't... Like, the fact that you could do that, that, that kind of joke in a comedy at all... Oh, you, it, could, you could do that, like, five, five,
0: six years ago. You could get away with that. It's all the recent craziness that has made it that even fiction is unacceptable to do bad things in in that kind of medium like there used to be a go ahead hans i see you're very eager to say something the (laughs) n-word are you going to scream the n-word into the phone is that what you're ready to do hans is just so excited to finally talk talk about about the n-word okay go ahead hans
1: (laughs) about the the pm word Uh, no um i just think that that could work if the person that's doing it is not white if you're making fun of another race, but the person doing it is anything but white, maybe. But seeing that whitest character in the movie doing that bit, trying to not, because he's, he's not being offensive, trying to not be offensive in front of these black people but being, doing the complete opposite. It's a really funny setup for a comedy bit. So just remove any type of sensibility that you've developed in the past five, ten years it's a funny scene yeah. because you have your shithead just trying to make sense of this really stupid thing he's saying and in his head it makes sense but everyone else is just like shut the fuck up so to exactly. me it's still i mean just just remove your own sensibilities from the words that he's using because if he wasn't using porch monkey or whatever other word they use i don't know if it would hit us as, as well as it did back in the day obviously it wouldn't but all you have to do is just remove that sensibility from it because like now you can't even do that that type of joke. So I understand the shock of like, okay, so he's saying these things and maybe I'm not used to seeing things like this now or maybe I have never seen anything like this. But the concept of it and just like the scene is funny just because of what's involved in it. Uh, so I think yeah, I'm, I'm 100% with you. I still think it's funny.
2: Thanks, Hans, because that was my thing. I don't think it's like, the greatest scene of all time, but their argument was like, you can't do comedy like this anymore, and that's good. And I was like, okay, this might not be the funniest fucking scene in the world, but first of all, as low was talking about earlier, when it came out, that was a very big laugh, and I think you're right that like so much of the reason that you're recoiling is just like, yeah, because everything's gotten really sanitized in comedy, and you can't even go fucking near that with a 10-foot pole, and it was shocking at the time, and it's shocking now, but that's the joke, kind of, that it's a shock joke. And yeah. I hate that we've removed we've removed everyone's ability to even do a shock no joke you shouldn't anymore. feel surprised it's so off the table. you shouldn't
0: feel revolted you shouldn't feel uh anything unexpected or uh, i mean why 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 should art act as art at any point in time and I'm not really necessarily calling clerks to art, but I am calling it art in this context uh I think it's but fine I think we need more n words personally
1: I like i i I also think that um it's just a fuck like I'll say, like, we, I'll say this
2: that argument of like you can't do this anymore good it's like even if you don't like this joke you I don't know how you love that we're, you're not even allowed to touch this kind of thing anymore. you can't even like fucking get near it I don't like like I'm glad we can't do this kind because of, it's not even like the joke is racist at all it's clearly about that character's ignorance and it doesn't yeah. it's not the best fucking joke in the world it's alright I think as you said it i it got a chuckle out of me and I gave I grade Kevin Smith on a curve where if it gets a chuckle, I'm like, "Good job, Kevin. Good joke." Yeah, you know, um, but I I really resent the fucking culture where it's like, uh, you know, it's not it's not necessarily progress to make things off limits. No, in fact, in some ways, it's fucking illiberal. Authoritarianism.
0: That's all it is. Yeah. I, but here's the thing: you can do it. You absolutely can do that. Uh, but you got to take the hit. That's yeah. That's really all it is. Is are you willing to take the hit for that?
2: Most people aren't willing to take
0: the hit for that. And but, well, I think
2: that the hit now is so crazy. It's like, it, it's not just, you don't just take a hit. You're, you're nuked out of, you know, mainstream entertainment. If you, if you were to like, I can't even imagine a scene like that getting on screen though, right now. Like, cause there would be some executives like, we are not fucking putting this, we are not giving you any money if you do. You'd have to completely self finance yeah, comedy well, to get that scene in there.
1: Just have Jordan Peele do it and it's a serious scene. It's not a comedy <laughs> scene. And you yeah. have it. That's I'd the thing for, that i that's yeah. the most with that reaction that your friends had uh because you're removing context from it you're removing the fact that this character is a shithead who is obviously not giving you a message that you're supposed to we're supposed to make fun of him for being so stupid and believing this and if you remove that from it then of course it's offensive but if you see it in the context of the movie in the context of the character it's a funny bit because that's exactly what he would do you know So the fact that we were able to just remove context now and it's like, well, you said the word, so it's bad and you should never say it. No one should ever say it without, you know, realizing that this is supposed to be making fun of him for being stupid, not, you know, learning from it. No,
0: I I I mean, I think I think that's just it's cancer. It's it's how you wind up making a really depressing environment is making art uh, sterile in any I regard, and in, in putting those kind of boundaries on that. And, I mean, to what you're saying... I mean, well, Kevin Smith self finances like all of his films, especially nowadays. and makes the money back doing road shows, so he right. he could he could do whatever he wants, but he's afraid to do that. He did do I don't know if you saw the uh, reboot movie. He did do one like diversity joke, and he was bragging on his podcast like that was the that was the one that hit the heart. Everybody was laughing really hard at that because he had like a Girl Scout troop that was like, or they were pedophile hunters, and one was a Muslim, one was Asian, one was black. Oh, I remember. And then that, yeah. Jay delivers some. Diversity line, or whatever that apparently worked for people, and he that surprised him because, again, he's only around his wife and his daughter all day, and that's his his tube to the outside world and culture. Um, so yeah, I mean, I hear, I mean, everything that's going to be uh made within a traditional system is going to be shit anyway. Nobody's going to have a change of heart or a change of mind, so the only way to do that is
2: to self finance. It's crazy. It's like not even like the old guard can get away with it anymore. Like even, you know, I love Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Like that's one of my favorite movies the last five years. But Tarantino didn't do anything. No N-words. Movie, no really.
0: N-words in that movie at all. He just yeah, says
2: Mexicans. He, that's it. Because I think even he at this point, don't cry in front of the Mexicans. Because I think everyone, there's a culture of fear. And it's, you know, I've talked with to you about this, low res. You're actually one of my favorite guys to talk about this with. It, oh, it's like... You. Uh, artists, it's the first time in history that artists are self-imposing their own creative restrictions and their own like illiberal censorship on themselves and there's no escaping that because at least when it was the Christian moms and like the fucking right wing doing it at least there was a feeling of like, okay, well, we're fighting against that. We're being transgressive against that. When it's your own people doing it and the infighting, like, there's no way out because then you're mm. you're never going to ascend to anything if there's someone above you on the rank on the fucking lever who's like, we got to shut this the fuck down. Right, maybe. Hold it, on.
0: To what you said, hold on. What You said that this is the first time that people are, like, self-censoring. I don't know if that's true. Uh, I would find that very hard to believe that that's true because there have been, I mean, numerous times in history, internationally especially, where the government has control over what art is being funneled out to the public, um, and a lot of shit winds up getting swept up that way. I think the thing is, nothing is remembered from those times because of that, and we don't have that reference point um, because it is self-censored and it's boring and it doesn't make any sort of cultural impact. Right, so, right. Um,
2: that that might be more in the I guess what about. I mean by self-censoring, though, is like, whereas before it was like the government or yeah. – or, you know, a government apparatus, or, like, the the Christian apparatus. Mm-hmm. Now the ones who are really in control of, like, speech, essentially, is the media itself. So they really only care about free... Whereas it used to be the media was a free speech bastion that would fight against the FCC and, you know, the government or whatever. Yeah. Now it's, like, the, the people who are in control of the culture and control of hiring the artists in the first place are the ones who are also... Come up with these fucking stupid rules about what you can and can't say, and all that shit,
0: right, and i I mean I don't know I've been having some some thoughts recently about like uh like Watergate and all the president's men and this idea of like the free press being the heroes and whatnot. And I've been thinking like you know we're only what forty fifty years from that like it that's still relatively recent history, depending on where things go today and within the next ten fifteen years like that that story might not even be done being written. Just yet like our perception of how everything has unfolded and the media's relation to uh not just art but like government and everything else could be radically different in 30 years or in 40 years depending on i guess how people act over the next 10
2: i yeah. I, I have an yeah issue with- i think the uh-huh. mainstream culture is too far gone though i, I you know i don't see them because I keep thinking it's going to swing back, but it keeps not. No, 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 no.
0: It's dissolved. I mean, there's no mainstream culture. I mean, that's one of the biggest problems. I guess the I
2: institutions think. like the studio system. Yeah. And like you know, I mean, yeah. You know what? That's, and that's the thing when you talk about like the free press and shit like that. Like, it's amazing to me that journalists only like the Second Amendment or the First Amendment when, or uh, or you know, the freedom of press element of the First Amendment when it applies specifically to them and their own newspaper. Like, if if Trump is mean to them or whatever. But like Ronan Farrow is like the biggest journalist right now, right? And he cheered on and organized a protest against Woody Allen publishing his book. And it's like whatever you think of Woody Allen, the biggest journalist in America rallying on a book not being published is such a sign that you do not give a – and the entire media cheering on that event Mm -hmm. is such a sign that you do not give a fuck about freedom of speech or even freedom of the press. Unless it applies specifically to you and what you're doing, and that's so like that's so out of bounds for yeah. like the top journalists, the the the, the biggest celebrated journalist to be that unethical, in my opinion.
1: You can still buy Minecom in Amazon, by the way.
2: Oh my God! So, yeah, that guy you know, fucking. I mean, that was yeah. funny. That guy Andy Nago or whatever. Um, yeah. They banned his. Andy Ngo from... what?
1: <laughs> oh, <laughs> Andy, Andy
2: Porch Monkey. Uh, but... <laughs> I, have a, I, have a bit, I know people I have hate this bit, shit.
1: A little bit of an issue with what Robbie said, because I don't think the artists are censoring other artists, because I don't think that the artists are the ones that are in power or making those decisions. Because if you look, the real artists, like the directors that actually have a vision or are somebody that you can recognize, they never say anything about any of this shit. The only people that speak out are people that are not very talented, are people that are not very good at what they do, but they're good at playing the game. Yeah. And they have the power because they've been playing the game. But someone like Judd Apatow, who's become that guy that now it's lefty completely, and like everything is like censorship and all that shit. Uh, he's not an artist. That's not someone. No, that but hold on, that's, that's
0: your that. opinion, though. But hold on. I, I, I look. I've liked some of Judd Apatow's films in the past. I haven't <laughs> revisited them. I think he's a talented director. He's got skill. I don't know what, what, what where he's at nowadays. But to say he's not right. an artist, I don't know if I believe... I, just, I mean, look at Seth Rogen. He's definitely How about an artist. Seth artist. You might think he's a bad
2: artist, but he's an artist. Right.
1: I just don't think that the, the people that are the ones making the decisions are the people that are still trying to do something with their art. So their opinion is not that relevant to me. I mean, not that my opinion matters at all, but the people that are the loudest are not the most talented, because if they were the most talented, they would just get through with that and they will be so obsessed with their own talent their own thing like a Zack Snyder not saying that he's super talented but you know he gets so into his projects that it's a Zack Snyder thing so to me that's more
2: but that's why people hate him too because he does what he wants and doesn't care as much about like you have to be so you have to have like real brass balls to like to get around because there's so much fucking pressure and scrutiny on what everyone does now in a way that it sanitizes all art and that's why I I think a guy like Snyder is refreshing because he doesn't give into that. At least, not it doesn't it, it, it doesn't read like that to me.
0: Yes, I, I I actually agree with what you're saying, Hans. I think a lot of these guys have passed their peak. They're out of their prime. They're too hung up on whatever the cultural conversation is. And we we were kind of getting into this a little bit when we were talking to Jake Hanrahan. Uh, a lot of people are engaging in these arguments instead of funneling it into something that they can create, and it's making them less interesting. Yeah, so I think. That's a major problem only, as well.
1: It's the only way they're staying relevant because they're not doing anything interesting or anything that anyone cares for. So now they be, they went from being the artists that people look up to to now they're just a voice that says political shit or that says things like that. But what have they done that is memorable? That's comedies. Now we're talking about that comedy scene in Clerks too. What was the last comedy that you watched that was new that you thought, holy shit, they're doing something good. This this made me laugh out loud. This was really funny because I, uh, off the top of my head, I can't think of one.
2: There were I'm sure. some. There were some funny scenes in King of Staten Island, but these guys, all these big comedy directors, pivoted. Todd Phillips, Adam McKay, and um, Judd Apatow all pivoted to basically dramas because you can't make like a true comedy movie anymore. I think you just run. It's too much of a headache. Too many studio notes, and what's gonna come out is gonna be fucking. You have to make family friendly. You have it's. It, we've gone back around to making just family friendly shit again, and it's like, oh, you can't make comedy where someone says the n word and it might fall flat in a joke. Good, but okay, at what fucking cost? You know, what are we making that's good?
1: Well, that's the thing with, with that reaction that you got in your uh, group, because it's like, okay, so this is offensive and funny, and no one should ever say it. What are we consuming now that is much better than this? What's out there now that it's oh my god look at how clever this joke was? F-
2: I mean they, they put it all in Marvel movies to, to kind of back yeah. to everything we were saying. They just turned Marvel movies into like the new comedy because they're too that, afraid to like make a true, you know, even the new Borat's kind of like that. That's right? a go-to like,
0: source for humor now. Is the quippy, witty hey, it's improv, but not really improv. Someone just <laughs> gave us that line off off camera. Uh, a yeah. form of humor is there. It's the de facto for the general audience for the primary consumer that they're after.
2: The only funny things now are like – because the only things they have the balls to – are, are movies are like these weird comedy sequels. I don't even like them that much, but it's like – it feels like the only time they'll, they'll want to take a chance on a comedy is if it's a sequel or something, which is the and problem – which is a problem across the industry or if it's like one of the old stars like Sandler or Jim Carrey or something. And what they but... wind up doing is they
0: just repeat the same movie but with all the – I mean it's all the same jokes that you're expecting, all the same characters – but there is less incentive to hit as hard as they did originally. So it's not going to be, it's just, again, it's a nostalgia bump. That's it.
2: Yeah. They're not taking any chances on like new super funny people with, with a new super funny director who like the new, the the new generation of comedy directors non-existent. Like who, who Eric Andre. Uh, That's it. I feel like.
1: Well, that's the thing that there's a new Melissa McCarthy movie. that just came out a couple of days ago where she's a fast free.
2: I'm excited for that.
1: (laughs) With Octavia Spencer, I think? Oh yeah, sure.
0: BBW humor. I love that shit. That's great.
1: That's, that's comedy now. Yeah. So, I mean, if- just
0: take a look at what... I mean, look at Adult Swim. Look at Comedy Central. What, what do they veer into in place of genuine humor? Things that are, that are funny. In the case of Comedy Central, they get ultra-progressive where they'll give... I mean, what was that guy who did? Uh, oh, uh, Moshe Casher. Ka- Moshe
2: Casher. Yeah, that guy. That guy. You know what Nick Mullen wrote for that show. Yeah. How crazy I, is that? I believe. I
1: don't everything. That was good, right? Was that say? Hey, uh, Cumtown
0: kind of dead, uh, huh? Uh, I still. Oh, like I'll, I'll, I'll I'll be the first one to to plant that flag. I think Cumtown's dead. I think Cumtown fucking blows now. To be honest with you, I think Cumtown died in like August of last year. That's my position. I like Nick Mullen. That show. I don't listen to that show anymore. They anyway. can't compete with us, the Loud Boys. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I I I only listen to the Loud Boys. Robbie's podcast. You can find that on Apple. You can find that on Spotify. Uh, Robbie's oh, Robbie's frozen. Yeah. Oh, you're welcome back welcome back like, right. um yeah they, they so they do that they do the progressive thing but then the other thing that they do is we'll we'll just get really weird with it we'll get super uh, it'll just be like a 50 year old it'll be a homeless black woman we picked up off the street this is our third project she's ever done uh it's been mostly like christian music videos before this we're gonna just shave mm-hmm. the side of her head and she's gonna look into the camera kind of funny for four minutes yeah, I- and then we're going to have an old white guy with frizzy white hair, the kind of people you'd find in, like, Safty Brothers movies. And uh, we're going to just put him with her, and then they're just going to look at each other, and that's going to be the scene. Hilarious.
2: Yeah, shit. the Tim and Eric-ization of fucking comedy, when, and the original Tim and Eric shit was hilarious, but, yeah. like, but everything that it sprung off from, it's like, I I, it's, I think it also kind of comes out of fear, where it's like, well, it's so absurd nobody can get mad at it because it's so out, out, out of this world. There's no possible anything you could draw. The whole joke is how weird is this, you know? A movie that's yeah, gotten
0: uh, really funny in the years since it came out. Also, on on that note of Tim and Eric, is uh, Rick Alverson's the comedy with Tim Heidecker as a yeah, yeah. film? Uh, that was I. I mean, to my knowledge, I think it's still on Criterion Channel. That movie's very funny. Funnier now than it was when it came out in 2013 or so. I highly recommend
2: it. I remember that. loving it when it came out. I thought it was like an incredible movie. You know what's a great comedy that I just watched? Freddy Got Fingered. That's a masterpiece. Yep. I'm calling know. it right now.
0: All of all of Tom Green's bits uh, are, I mean, I think they've aged extremely well as well. I have, uh, I have the full series. actually. Yes. You know,
2: that that's a guy you'd think would be exclusively stuck in the oh, 90s. But Freddie Got Fingered is so funny. That's that's absurdism that's, like, actually not just weird for the sake of weird. It's just very nihilistic kind of comedy. Mm-hmm.
1: It feels like now it's a combination between, like, uh, progress, progressive sensitivities and, like, so random humor from the early 2000s. Where yes. every, was, every joke was just, it. like, how random I am. And so that's not funny. It's not a joke. What are you doing? Yeah. But now, yeah, presented as, like, weird or funny, but...
2: Well, a friend of mine is actually like a, becoming a big screenwriter in the industry. Put it very well. He's like, people like that shit because they like, like it's not, it's not even funny. It's not jokes. They just like that you invented a language that they understand. Like that's like a lot of what Tim Heidecker does now. It's like, oh, I recognize what he's did Like that, uh, like a lot of on cinema stuff is that you just catch what he's referencing, uh-huh. and it's so dense and like people just like feeling included that they're in the know. And it's like, and part of the joke is like other people don't get it, you know. Uh, but it's like, where's the humor there, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, it's special, I fucking hated his special. Now I'm just, now I'm just burning bridges too. But that that special shit is so obnoxious. You didn't like his special? we anti. Uh, I don't like anti-comedy stuff because I do stand up, and look, I don't like a lot of comedians either. And I think there's lots of mock there. But the way Tim Heidecker does it is so obnoxious to me because I don't like coming from a condescending place making fun of comedy when you yourself can't do it. He can't yeah. do regular mm. stand-up, so yes. that whole thing. Is just, I'm so much better than these fucking dumb comedian. Can you believe anyone would fucking go up here and talk about stuff? It's like, it, it, but it's clearly, and what's funny about it is it's a crutch. He's using that as a crutch because he can't write a real act to be himself or vulnerable on stage. No, and I think and look, a there's recent, a place for that. The, I, he he definitely seems like somebody who has been cornered.
0: Like, he doesn't know what the next move is. And then he lashes out <clears throat> a lot on Twitter uh, it's against these dissenters. Time-
1: Every time he tries to be himself, everyone's like, "What the fuck are you doing? What's this? Nobody Wait, likes is this, this country
0: music up? album. You got country music. You're trying to do oh is this? My God. Is this what your career is going to be? I mean, Eric <laughs> Wareheim is at least respectable in that he has
2: excused himself from the conversation to go. Direct I know. Music I like Eric whatever. still. Yeah. Tim seems like his – the most I hear about Tim when people talk about him, even on comics, is him trying to get people fired and shit. And it's like, what? Yeah. What are you even like? Look, dude. I don't like fucking Nicholas Fuentes either, but what are you doing trying to take him down? I don't, I don't understand what this is about. Oh, yeah. He was, is. He was battling with Nick Fuentes. That's a right, back-to-back yeah. Nick Fuentes
0: reference episodes now. Uh, yeah, I mean, that, that just seems like why? What, what's the point? And that's especially a guy where it's like he has his base locked. Maybe Tim Heidecker doesn't know that. Maybe he's just like very boomer mindset, I don't know. But like you're not gonna flip anybody from that and convince them that (laughs) this is a bad person to be watching or following.
2: Yeah.
1: Especially that way. You're no being shitty. You're not even you're not being clever, you're not being funny, you're just being Snappy and shitty. So is the, who are you gonna turn?
0: Black Everyone. Woman? What was that? Ne- that neck movement you just gave. Is that oh. Monique?
1: Flavor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Give her a little flavor on that. Yeah. yeah. I
2: love absurd anti-comedy, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Did you see that fucking Adult Swim uh, is rebooting Birdman, but all girls? It's what? so bad. You yeah. Me? You remember Harvey Birdman? What? Yeah, it's Bird Girl, and it's and they're rebooting it, so it's all the same characters, but they're girls this This time. sounds like a bad
0: practical joke that you're trying to pull on Hansa. I'm Han. not
2: kidding. Are you serious? Oh, me to- boy. Yeah. No, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll, I I'll look know.
0: it up. I believe you. I know that they did a Birdman special with Colbert where they were all in MAGA hats or something. Yeah. Duh, Is geez. it like Charlie
1: Carly Brown Bird- thing? Are you fucking with me, or are they actually doing this?
0: No, no. You want me to pull up the trailer? Bird Girl set at Adult Swim. 2019. Uh, uh, so it must be getting ready. To the drop. trailer just came out. Here, I'll share my screen. No, I can't. I know the
1: settings. Oh God, I can't wait for that channel to die.
0: Adult.: I mean, are... it's 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 pretty much over. I don't I don't think anybody's really tuning into it I anymore. Mean, the last thing that I thought was interesting on Adult Swim was the first season of Joe Para, and then oh they, yeah, they kind of blew that with season two. They lost their their little you know formula that they mastered so well during that that first go. Yeah, Joe Parra and Conor O'Malley are two guys who do that. That alt. Oh stuff, yeah, like, he's he's pretty really funny. Well. Conor O'Malley. Yeah, I've seen his Twitter, his Twitter videos, and he pops up in like random comedies or the uh, what was it, what was the show on Netflix that kind of felt like an Adult Swim show? Uh, what's his name? Oh, um, sketch show. Uh, Tim Robinson. Yeah. Yes. Yep. That was good too. That was good. That was actually the last like funny thing that was released by
2: any sort of uh, institutional. well they made it by accident did you hear what happened with no no it was originally just supposed to be like a star-studded like super big budget comedy show produced by the lonely island and it and it was starting like george clooney and all these like big guys like it sounded bad but then it all like fell through and they but they had like they already had like invested some in like production and like a budget and stuff and the lonely island they were just like "Can, can you just like you know, help us like just pull something together really quickly, and they were just like, "Just give Tim Robinson a show," and they just gave him like a budget, and let him do whatever he wanted, because they were just like, "Otherwise, this was just all going to waste."
0: Yeah, that's the only thing that's been put out by a studio that has made me laugh probably in the last five years. Uh, I thought that was pretty solid. Otherwise, though, very bleak, very bleak landscapes. <laughs> it's though. bad out
2: there, man. Uh, what is
1: the? Point? I'm still hung up. But what's the point of? Doing that with Harvey Birdman, like, wh- Why? <laughs> I there
2: is no point.
1: I what the fuck? Like, what they're are you gonna
2: to, just do- same joke? To target because it's like every I, I'm surprised Adult Swim like succumbed to this, but it feels like every single studio thing now is like intellectual property, but with a POC or woman angle this time. And it's like, right. well, You're not gonna like who? That's not for anybody because the original people who liked it aren't yeah. gonna tune into this new thing if it's that different. Like, you're completely yeah. fundamentally changing the chemistry of what made this good in the first place. Well, you know? they're going
0: to bring <laughs> back boondocks, right, with, without the creator, and you can't even do... You couldn't do one of those episodes. I've been watching oh, them on, so on HBO Max. Uh, and, yeah, there's not a single... Even though it's a black creator, it's black-run show, they would never in a million years allow that. And their whole plucking of certain episodes... Like, the whole yeah. series is very inflammatory in that exact way. So I don't understand what the what the issue is. Same thing with, like, Aqua If you watch a lot of the early Aqua Teens, like, Shake just shows up with, like, big lips and an afro. And yeah, they pulled that one.
2: That, that's such a funny one, too. <laughs> that one's. I mean, we, all, all those are great. Um, you know who does that a lot and still gets away with it? Just because I feel like no one is paying attention is Family Guy. They still do, like, that kind of humor all the time. Still and for i don't know how that's still i think just nobody watches it or cares so but I like guess they it's
1: did. kind of like kind of like south park where they've tried to cancel it so many times that now it's just like what's the point are you going to try that again
2: but Why? even south park's kind of tamed itself because mm-hmm. i think it has more scrutiny weirdly on it and like more people in the media class and journalist class watch south park and are like review it and will like yell at them if they are like, Family Guy has become more offensive than South Park, which is very strange. <laughs> it's very, very strange.
0: My, my vibe, and I watched the Pandemic special or the Q special, whatever the most recent one was, uh, it feels like they, they still want to maintain that irreverence without being as irresponsible with, with the humor. It feels yeah. like they've injected, like, 10% responsibility. Yes. In their in their goal for an episode, and it,
2: aren't you at war with like South Park fans? No, right now? N-
0: no. I said I said it's I said it's not funny anymore. Because <laughs> uh, look, you you would be hard pressed to find anything that's been on the air for 20 years and still is nailing the humor the same way. And that show has changed so much uh, in many ways since it aired. And I'm not an anti South Park person. All I believe I said was it's not as good. It's not good. It's bad. It's a terrible show, to be honest with you. I hate them. I hate the creators. I don't watch it at all. Uh, I don't know. Those people really, really went after me though for that week. That was South those Park are fans
2: are. I like South Park, but the, their fans are like especially. Devoted. Yes, very loyal, very loyal, very loyal. people. Um, but yeah, no, I it didn't really,
0: you know, wet my whistle. I mean, that was that was very funny. How <laughs> you kept clearly baiting them, and they kept. They kept coming back. It was like the same six guys leading the charge. They were all from like Ohio and they were all big fans of marijuana. And, uh, you know, it was, uh, I don't know. It was, it was, it was a, it was an interesting weekend. I'll I'll say
2: that. Uh,
1: I think that the thing that I I dislike about South Park the most is that um, because of how long it's run for, After seeing Cannibal the Musical and after seeing things like Orgasmo or Basketball, I was kind of wanting to see them do something different. But because of this and the success that South Park had, I don't know if I'm interested anymore to see something that they would put out that is not South Park now just because of how long it's been since they've done that. But. Even though those movies that they put out, they're not good, but they they still have like their thing, you know. Team
2: America like... was funny as hell. It's South Park used to be like kind of conservative, like they're like neocons basically. At, like after nine eleven, it felt like.
1: Yeah, but that, that's the one thing that I'm just like I I kind of wish that they, got away from South Park once in a while and do their thing because every time they've oh, done it, I I, I oh,
2: see yeah. what you're saying. Yeah, well, yeah. Book of Mormon is actually incredible. I think I think that's like an incredible achievement.
1: But so that was, what, like 2015 or something like that? 2011
2: or 2010. Yeah, that was that was way back.
0: But, I mean, yeah, when it, when it reached the mainstream, I don't think it was. It was like right around the time Hamilton was starting to get popular. Yeah. Something like that. You know, that's a good double feature is Hamilton and Book of Mormon. It's a good night out on the town. <laughs>
2: Damn, you'd have to be double gay to do, go to that. <laughs>
0: uh, anyway, Kevin Smith is a decent filmmaker. Do you guys think that Kevin Smith has one more movie left in him that can entertain the masses?
2: Mm, see here's my thing to connect it back to Clerks and Clerks 2 I think what makes Clerks interesting still is I, I, I don't think it's a very good movie but I think he did have he was much more in touch with like regular blue collar people and like his generation and Gen X and there's an attitude to that movie and there's an authenticity that feels very organic and I think he's just lost that like I'll bet the only people he talks to are his family and his fans I think so yeah yeah, so,
0: I think well, it's, I, I think it's, it's I, I think he's done. I I don't think he has anything interesting. I mean, he could make an interesting horror movie if he really wanted to, but I think he's done having life experiences, and that's... was
2: it, his trailer for his new horror movie just dropped. What did you What oh, did you think Jesus. of that?
0: Oh, well, that was the uh, what was it, the slasher Kilroy's movie here. Kilroy. Yeah. So that's. Mm, uh, do you consider anthologies a legitimate part of somebody's filmography?
2: I think so. If it's a full movie, and it's probably gonna be all thematically. If they're directing all of them, yeah. Yeah, if they're directing all of them, yes. Yeah, I do. All um, right. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I agree with that. That's, that's very uh, like Jim Jarmusch does that. Yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, I'm open to it. I don't. I don't think it's gonna be good.
2: Yeah. Bad. Also, he published the first page of his script for Cur- Clerks Three. Oh, that's it was right, Clerks Three. Horrifically bad. It was so, like.
0: So <laughs> was... what I know is about. Well, uh, uh, clerks 3, is it was supposed to be like a dark... They were like the clerks were going to die at the end or be murdered or something. And then the dude who plays Randall, who is completely like on again, off again with Kevin Smith, he goes from like, yeah, I'm I'm happy about doing Clerks to I can't believe I did Clerks and all those other movies with you. I hate my life. I hate that I'm this guy now. Uh, just oh, finally, no. he was the holdout on Clerks 3. So he he wrote the script and then he sent it to him during that time period where he's like, I just fucking hate your guts. And I hate that I did this. So that, I didn't know that. then then it then it didn't get made. And then the heart attack happened and he probably softened up a little bit. Kevin rewrote the script so it's a little warmer, friendlier Clerks Three, and now that's the one that they're gonna go into production on. He did do uh, uh some podcasts where I think he he started reading it and that might be what you're you're referencing. Um and I listened to that a little bit, but it, I mean doesn't really oh, tell po- you one
2: one way or the other he, what it would be like. He posted on Instagram, that's how I knew about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also oh, yeah 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 I
1: remember that uh i just to your point robbie about the you know his movies were pretty much about the working man and like the regular guy and he's been successful for so long that i don't think he has that anymore i don't think he's able to talk at least in a modern sense maybe if he said it in like the 90s it would make sense but he's not gonna do that uh because it's the uh, you know the the sequel to that that movie. would
2: be a that would be a good idea if he set a movie in the 90s. That could actually be good, but I don't know if he could even pull that off. I don't even I that's don't think thing. he would remember the 90s correctly. I, a lot of people
0: have this very like veneer version of the 90s that they like to put out the Jonah Hill mid 90s thing that's like it doesn't feel authentic to the time. Uh I think he would wind up doing that because mm. I, I mean to actually revisit any of that he would have to make some social risks. You know, and I don't think he's willing. to.
2: Right. Right. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, his movie's all in the 90s. Because I I just think my favorite thing about Mallrats and Chasing Amy are they are like 90s time capsules in a good way. I think those are my favorite thing about both those movies. It feels like you're in the fucking 90s when you watch those movies. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I just but yeah, I just don't think that he has. He's able to do that thing that. Is what got him where he's at now, which is relatable characters are blue-collar, you know, regular people. Uh, And I don't know if after you become as successful as he has, and you don't have contact with those type of people, or you don't have those jobs anymore, I don't know if you're able to do that again without inserting all of the privilege that your millions give give you. Uh, It's the same thing.
2: Like, I don't think he even talks to regular other rich people. That's why his movies have gotten so crazy is because I think he just talks to his fucking fans. I think yeah. that's all he talks to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's not even, like, really friends
0: with other filmmakers anymore. I know he has said a couple of times that he still talks to Quentin from time to time, but they don't have, like, a friendship like they did before. I mean, who does, really, after 30 years? But, yeah, I, I don't think he's rubbing elbows with, with anyone else. I know he this, this Kilroy movie, his entire crew was like a a college in Florida. It was like full sale university. One of those type media schools. He just hired a bunch of college students to help him shoot the movie.
2: That's crazy! it's so crazy he's knocked down to like entry level filmmaking. Like And it's horror- entirely
0: self imposed too. Like nobody he has like he jumps between I don't I don't know if I necessarily believe that he's got like such a self deprecating uh attitude about his his body of work because he still goes for it every single time but he's a dude who has seemingly like no confidence at all if you read any of his posts but then you see like set videos you'll see his actual behavior around like actors and producers and he seems like a dude who's very with it very assertive not mm-hmm. the type of persona he puts out there at all um and yet he goes to television he, he directs television he takes college students and has him work on his crew. It's it's like he's too afraid to work with anyone in the business.
2: I think he's like a Max Landis type about that self. Because I think he's mm-hmm. like self-aware and makes jokes about it. But A, refuses to change at all. And B, like. Because, you know, Max Landis would do that too. Where he would point out his flaws. But not do anything to fix it. Right. And that's what Kevin Smith does all the time. He just points out his flaw. I think it's like a weirdly narcissistic thing to do. And, you know what I mean? Because he's like, he's like, well, but I'm still the because Deep like, I'm still the fucking shit. I'm yeah, still, I'm like still a, fucking genius.
1: A it's like it's still good. I know I'm doing this, but hey, you are still like it.
2: Right, right, right. Well, because he has all these enablers. Right.
1: Right.
0: All right. I, I, you know, it's almost one o'clock in the morning here. I'm very tired. I'm tired uh, too. This is this is almost a two-hour episode. So. Wow. Uh, I think we maybe talked about Kevin Smith for about 17 minutes of it. But that's <laughs> all he really... That's all he really yeah. deserves.
2: Yeah.
1: When you told me that we're going to do an episode on Kevin Smith, I was like, this motherfucker's going to make me watch Joga Hosher, which I just <laughs> haven't
2: <laughs> watched.
1: And also, uh, the new Jay and Silent Bob movie, I haven't seen it. I don't think I want to either. Uh, but when you said Clerks and... One and two, I was like, okay, I like those movies. I don't know if I have a lot to say about them. Yeah, so I'm glad that we're able to come up with other things to fill up this time because yeah. Yeah, it was a good
2: hang, man. Dude, I, I love being on Zoom with you guys. It was a good, it was a good hang. Yeah. Hey, have you guys seen uh, Kong vs. Godzilla? I just watched uh, Skull Island oh. for uh, the first time. <laughs> what you I think liked it? it? You liked it? it. I did. Tough. Yeah. I right. hated Godzilla too. That's one of the worst pieces of shit I think I've ever seen in my entire life. But Godzilla 1 and Kong Skull Island I liked. Yeah, I hate that director.
0: I hate that movie. I hate everyone involved with that movie. You Kong hate Bob Roberts? I Why? despise him. I, hate, I think his beard's disgusting.
1: <laughs>
0: He's an awful guy. Um, anyway, I, I just I just watched Kong vs. Godzilla. I thought it was the best one yet. I believe it. That's my take anyway. But I, I mean, I don't know. There's some I stuff think, felt like they were trying to do two movies in one for a little bit, but it, it ends quick enough that, like, who, who gives a shit? I mean, it's Kong versus Godzilla. What do you yeah. really need? You
2: know, there's yeah. a fight. I, I think that their choices. I know you don't like Vak Roberts, but their choices of filmmakers besides Godzilla 2 have been really cool. Adam Wingard uh, and Gareth Edwards are the other two. And they're both like, oh, those are like two, like, interesting directors that I like and that I would like to follow.
0: Yeah, I mean, his uh, his Death Note movie got raked over the coals, but I actually, I kind of like the Death Note adaptation for Netflix because it starts out as, like, a relatively, like, in, in, like, a bad anime adaptation sort of way, uh um you know, version of that that series. And then in the last, like, 40 minutes, he just kind of betrays everything about Death Note and the Death Note fandom and does his own Adam Wingard thing. It's like The Guest Part 2. And uh, I like that. I, I kind of like that he ended it that way.
2: Oh, no, I, I got to watch... I I I'm not attached to the Death Note franchise at all, but I thought the guest was really fun.
0: Yeah, that's that's I mean, especially for 2013, it's probably a little different now that we've had 80s oversaturation. Yeah. Uh, But for the time, I really loved that movie. I thought that was that was great. Your
2: next is of course great too. I mean,
0: one of my favorites.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's fun. He's a really interesting director, so it's cool that I I think that they're WB or whoever's in charge of the the monster verse or whatever the fuck this Mm. is. I I think they're doing a fun job with who they're picking. Like even the Krampus guy for that second Godzilla. Like I, I, it's kind of cool that they picked that guy because he is like just an indie guy or whatever. But that movie is just so fucking bad. And then God damn it. Thomas middle ditch, whatever the fuck his name is. (laughs) Oh, was he in that movie? Yeah. He's like that pervert
0: that, that swinger. (laughs) Oh, what a bad guy that is. Um, all right. Anyway, I really got to take a piss now too, so uh, we'll wrap up here. Robbie, thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, thanks, man. Anytime. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll have to maybe when we do like Batman vs Superman or something, we'll we'll set up another episode because we have yet to get. We've done all the Batman movies, I think, except Batman vs Superman. Right? Hans? Oh,
2: nice. Yeah, you got to get Nick on for that one too. Yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah. He's super into I, that one. Oh, I, I
1: don't. I didn't hate that one as much as Man and Steel. I'm good.
2: I love Batman vs Superman. Is, is maybe my favorite batman movie that i mean that dark knight maybe but i love batman versus superman all
1: right
0: well uh that has been movies for this week thank you for what what? Oh. what do you say i'm closing out the show Goddamn! what'd you say <laughs> uh, listen to the loud boys oh loud boys please. we plugged that and in the middle of the episode that's true and at robbie goodwin on twitter and instagram that's, that's always like, the yeah. best when you save it for like the last three seconds of yeah, the episode. nobody listens that's when, <laughs> yes that's when everyone's <laughs> listening um anyway that's 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 movies